Hey guys, just wanted to hop on here before the episode started and say that this episode has some fairly candid discussion of suicide and things of that nature. So if that's a sensitive topic for you, just be aware. Enjoy the episode. Rise and shine. Well, a very heavy, heavy We had a very Let's go Hello. Um. Okay. Something I want to address right off the bat. Let's get into it. Have you seen those ads? I'm sure you have. Those like Instagram ads or ads pretty much anywhere that are like for skincare stuff that like removes blackheads, like the removal, like the charcoal masks and things like that. The little like strips. The strips, but I also just saw one that looked like it literally looked like someone had duct tape attached to their face. Ew. And then they're just like peeling on it. And there is no way in hell that is dermatology approved. No, there's no way a dermatologist there's approved that. No way a dermatologist was like, actually, the secret to skincare health and wellness is as a health and wellness podcast, the secret, <laughs> the secret is to apply duct tape to your face and just strip it off and i'm like no i feel like that's not the solution because like when you do something that aggressive to your skin it's gonna react poorly right yeah i have i mean as a a dermatologist i used to want to be a dermatologist actually which is hysterical Mm -hmm. considering there's no way i could have sat through that much school and be past that much school My grandpa was a dermatologist and I thought it was really cool. It is cool. It's also the most from what how from what I understand, it's the most like plush doctor there is. Like they have the best hours, they have the best like salary, like salary to work ratio. Yeah. Um if I was gonna be a doctor, I wouldn't want to be doing open fucking heart surgery. Yeah, why would you do that when you could just tell people to like wash the face? Because that's all a dermatologist does. No, yeah. I would either want to be a psychiatrist or a dentist. You wanna be a dentist and put up with bitches like me all day? You and I would have, if I was your dentist, we would have such a fun time. Girl, we would just do nitrous all day. <laughs> I would be your drug dealer. <laughs> Listen, I know my mom told me that nitrous is a fucking blast. I didn't believe her until it was inside of my body. <laughs> you looked like you were having a good time. Well, the thing was. Are you still high? <laughs> I got home and I was like, I got there. Okay, uh-huh. well, let's back up. Let's. I'm back in Let's oh. preface this with my dental history, something I'm sure everyone wants to hear about. I've been waiting. Episode so, 12 special. We share our medical records. I have had like 13 fucking thousand dollars worth of braces in my face, mm-hmm. teeth removed. I have a really small mouth, so I couldn't even fit, couldn't even fit your fit tiny a, little dick. Couldn't even fit a roll of polenta in there. It could, but barely. I really, I, I have a small mouth. I know. I don't even have all of my adult teeth. Uh-huh. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> that, yeah, that one didn't have, hit. What? I had to have some like, not like important ones, but a couple of like <laughs> the in-between molar and like canine, whatever's there. I had to have some of those extracted. I think I have 25 teeth. I didn't lose all my baby teeth. I want you to guess when I lost my final baby tooth. Mm, 2018. <laughs> Oh, I was 15. Oh, okay. I feel like I was like, this is going to be an extreme answer. (laughs) 
at the bars on my 21st birthday. No. I, when I was 14, was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. I had a tooth that like they could tell on the x-rays long before it had erupted that it was going to have a small cavity on it, which is like weird. And I don't know how that was caused. However, the cavity was already like always there. They're just trying to make money. So it's like, like, you already have a cavity. <laughs> So I like knew I was gonna have to get it filled. Yeah. So the time comes, the tooth is here. I have my appointment We're at my child dentist. Like, let's paint a fucking picture. There's weird like. <laughs> You're like playing with the aquarium. <laughs> there isn't. A, there's multiple aquariums. Of course. There's like weird displays of teddy bears and like Barbies and shit. It was weird. <laughs> and I was like, I've been sucking dick before I was here. Like, please and you're, like, spare me with playing the teddy with bears. a Barbie. <laughs> this is calming me down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, am I going to have to get a shot in my mouth? And they were like, yes, we will have to numb you to fill the cavity. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to fly with me. I'm really, really, really freaked out about shots. The last time I had a shot, I threw a 13-year-old tantrum in the doctor's Mm. office. Mm. And they were like, okay, we'll give you this magical pill that'll calm you down. Take it an hour before your appointment and you'll be super relaxed. I take my mysterious pill. I am vibing. (laughs) I am vibing out. I remember my mom is- My mysterious pill? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) My mom is driving me to the dentist appointment. And I'm like high out of my mind off this pill. And like, I mean, obviously she knew. And I was like, mom, this is so fun. I feel great right now. And she's like, I don't want you to enjoy that too much. It's like, let me be Susan. Anyway. (laughs) Susan, let me vibe. I'm like just living my best life. We roll up to the dentist. I am straight chilling. I remember what I was wearing. Girl, this memory is so prominent. Wide leg jeans and a little floral blouse from Urban. Hi. It's cute. I'm sure. It's really ugly boots. Um, mm. I get in that chair and I'm like, let's get it, baby. And they're like, <laughs> okay, here it comes. And all of a sudden I am just sobered. And I was like... So about that shot, I really don't want to do that. Um, how? Oh, before the shot, this? you sobered up immediately. Oh, before the shot, I immediately came oh, okay. to. I was literally like, ah, ha, ha, ha. no, we're not. Doing <laughs> <that>. <laughs> okay, copy, copy. And they were like, they all seemed very surprised. Like no one had tried to like argue their way out of a shot before. And I was like, you haven't met me. My mom, both my mom and my sister have had very bad experiences with shots at the dentist. I didn't want to tell you before your appointment, (laughs) but yeah, I I can't wait to hear. Um, There's no story. (laughs) They've had bad experiences with shots. The end. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how about this? I'm like bargaining (laughs) with a full grown dentist. He's like a day away from retiring. And this 14-year-old bitch is like, so I don't want to do this. Um, Let me make a deal. (laughs) And I proposed, how about we just start the procedure and when it starts to hurt, I will tap out and you can give me the shot. Sounds good to me. They agreed for some reason, which I was like, (laughs) as the conversation was happening, they were like, like, we are going to hurt you. (laughs) They were like, okay. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. (laughs) And then you're like, wait, never mind. (laughs) But they were so insistent. They were like, okay, but like, you're going to want the shot. And I was like, we'll see. (laughs) They begin the procedure. There is some light pressure. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, the light pressure continues. Mm -hmm. And then the procedure is over. And I was like, are you sure they didn't give you the shot? Positive. Okay. (laughs) They didn't slip it in. (laughs) No. Okay. Because I wasn't numb. I didn't have a numb face the rest of the day. I went back to school. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me every time I'm always like trying to swallow and I'm like, (laughs) it's 
awful. Ew. <laughs> it's so bad. And then I was like, I'm sorry. I like went through like the stages of grief. I was like, wait, that's it? You were going to give me a shot for that? For some light pressure? You were going to stab me in the gums? You sadistic fucks? But anyway, basically, yes. I... <laughs> Such as. This is disgusting. Okay. I think I actually mentioned this in another video. Or not video. Oh my God. I think I'm a YouTuber. In another vlog. In another one of my vlogs. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. <laughs> in a past episode, the last time that I went to the dentist for like a tooth cleaning or went mm -hmm. to the dentist period mm -hmm. was in 2014, right after I got my braces off. And then I said, bye. Don't ever fucking look at me again. Don't poke me with your sticks. I know how to brush my teeth. Goodbye. <laughs> And then a couple months ago, I was like, no, beginning of the year, I was like, okay, it has been five years, six years. Mm. Perhaps it's time to take care of my oral health. Mayhaps. So I made an appointment and I like had to reschedule because COVID and blah, blah, blah. I finally went to the dentist for the first time in six fucking years. Ryan, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I went to the dentist for the first time in six years and praise Jesus, I only had one cavity. She spent 90 solid minutes scraping my teeth and it was absolute torture. So that's on me. Caught me slipping. But I have been avoiding, I've rescheduled this cavity filling multiple times now. I almost rescheduled when they called to confirm on Saturday and they're like, you have an appointment at 420 on the 23rd. And I was like, ah, I remember I scheduled it at that time. That was so funny of me. Ha ha, past Clark. And I was almost like, mm, yeah, I have a funeral. I can't go. But I was like, no, you just suck it up and go. You're like, I'm actually going to um, my boyfriend's funeral that day. <laughs> he's like, what? And you shoot him. <laughs> I'm like, he's not dead yet, but he probably will be. <laughs> yeah, IDK. Because <laughs> I'd rather kill my boyfriend than get a filming. <laughs> I'm not crazy. So I went today and I was freaking the fuck out. Nick heard the FaceTime call with my parents. Not the most helpful of things, gotta say. My mom trying to calm me down. She's like, your dad had to get six shots in the roof of his mouth a couple years ago. And I was like, why is that supposed to make me feel better? And my dad's like, you're acting like you're having open heart surgery. And I was like, dad, I would rather. At least with open heart surgery, you're down under. You go to Australia, you go to Australia for it. Oh my it. God. So I go to this dentist and I'm yeah. immediately... I'm reverted back to 15-year-old me being a bitch to the orthodontist. They were like, hi, how are you? And I was like, fine, how are you? And they're like, why am I doing this? It's just because I'm stressed out. <laughs> like, why am I so mean when I'm stressed? And I sit down and I'm literally immediately like, yeah, so I don't know if I want to fill this gap. Clarae. Oh and I was like, I'm deathly afraid of shots. I don't want to do this. And she was like, okay, so it looks like you have, like, we're going to give you nitrous. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's going to cut it. <laughs> I looked at that syringe, although my mom was like begging me not to. Girl, I turned around. She was six feet long. That thing the was- Syringes at the dentist? Why are they so long? It looks Why like a it... prop. Like that's it... like a- <laughs> Theatrical. It looks like so, it, yeah, it looks like something you use on stage so like the nosebleeds can see it. It's like why why is this as large as a roll of polenta? It doesn't need to be that big. It is it's like there are like three different buttons on it. It's like one of those pens with multiple colors. It's insane. It makes no sense. I literally was like I feel like I'm in a production of Little Shop of Horrors. Like what's <laughs> happening? I hate this. 
So, oh, so then the dentist comes around and he's like kind of fun. But the weird thing about my dentist is that there's an elderly yellow lab that just wanders around. And I'm like, how the fuck is this legal? The dentist comes over. The cutest thing, I have to say. That photo, I was like, oh, ugh. This dog. And then Corey was like, like, it smells, it smells so bad. And I was like, he said something about like, here's my helper. And I was like, you're making me feel worse, sir. You're like, get that fucking animal out of here. I was like, I'm having a panic attack. And he's like, I know what'll help. And I was like, you don't know me. He's like, I'm going to bring my little helper. It's a parrot. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) It's like, anxiety. Anxiety. (laughs) The parrot did my filling. It just... In my tooth. It put the shot in. <laughs> Puts the liquid in its mouth and just like pecks the inside of your mouth. His beak is razor sharp. I would His beak rather is syringe sharp. Okay, so basically I get nitrous up and I literally was like, mm, I don't feel it. And they turned that shit up to 5,000. I took mm-hmm. some incredible selfies, mm-hmm. listened to my own podcast, and then started <laughs> laughing at the spectacle that was. <laughs> Me with a nitrous mask on, laughing out loud at my own podcast, <laughs> the yellow lab, the nurse who hates me. And the then, nurse who's like, what if we kill her? <laughs> I think she wanted to. By the grace of God. Wait, what episode God, did you listen to? 11. Nice. That was last week. So I was like, which one is that? <laughs> Girl. What in the 2011? <laughs> The dentist comes over and I was like, sir, I have a proposition for you. (laughs) And I was like, here's the thing. You're just high as fuck. I have a proposition for you. I was pretty out of it. Yeah. But I was like, listen, really hate shots. Really hate dogs that aren't my own. (laughs) Really don't like what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, What if we do what I did in 2011 and you start drilling me and when it hurts, I tap out. And he was like, sounds good to me. And I was like, holy shit, that worked again. They, they can't get, you have to consent to the shot. I mean, yeah, they weren't going to like strap me down. <laughs> you can say what you like. <laughs> I thought, I did not think I was going to be forcibly shot. They're like, I thought, if, if you don't get the shot, we do have to kill you. And you're like, I know. <laughs> I thought they were going to be like, okay, well, we can't do the procedure. And I was going to be like, good day. Hmm. That makes sense, I guess. It didn't feel like anything at all. Yeah. Um, oh, and then at one point, the dentist it, was like, like. genuinely didn't hurt at all? No. I feel like you could handle the shot then. Not that you don't need it. It was just a super shallow cavity. It just wasn't deep enough that it makes would sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And he was like, cool, yeah. Like, if you're that scared of needles, we just need to, like, watch anything that could become a cavity so we can catch it early. And I was like, I like your style, sir. Yeah. You can keep your dog. I won't kill him. Was he hot? The doctor, not the no. dog. Okay. Why did I have to think about that? He's like charismatic, but he's not hot. He's like older. Because soccer team, seventh grade, one of my, one of the players on my team, he was like, yeah, I had to go to the dentist today. And his, his friend who was also on the team, we're all like sitting there at practice. And his friend was like, oh, you're hot dentist. And I was like, what? And the guy's just like, yeah, my dentist is weirdly hot. And I was like, ah, where do you go? Asking for her friend. You're like, I want him to put his fingers in my mouth. I was like, I would love for him to fill my cavity. Oh my God. But yeah. then... <laughs> At some point that Ennis asked me, so what are you going to do when there's a COVID vaccine? And I was like, <laughs> great question. Probably ask them to put me under anesthesia. You're like, um, you mean when the government implants a chip in me? <laughs> and I was like, you mean the fake made up virus? Oh, 
You mean the virus invented by the liberals? <laughs> You're just like, isn't it interesting that as soon as Joe Biden wins, we have a vaccine? It's like, no, it's not that interesting. <laughs> and then the Republican-ass nurse was like, I agree, and ripped her mask off and spit in my mouth. It was crazy. <laughs> Sounds like you were right at home. Okay, it was so, just like Nick was there. So I have to be upfront <laughs> and honest and transparent with our listeners. If anything, this podcast is honest. It's unfiltered. It's real. It's raw. It's raw. We're raw dog in this audio. Megan asking me if I raw dogged my filling. <laughs> that was hilarious. Fuck. And I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, I just need to be fully transparent and honest that um, I did not watch the final four episodes of The Vow. Instead, I watched 14 episodes of Survivor in four days. <laughs> Nick, we have so much in common because <laughs> neither, well, I too did not listen, watch. I really get listening and watching confused, don't I? They're fairly similar. <laughs> <laughs> There's an audio element for both most true. of the time. True, true. I the too, Vow, the vow f- could be a podcast. It's so much listening to phone calls. I kind of wish it wasn't. A, a podcast? Oh. <laughs> no, what am I saying? Brian, we leave that light on. The light's nice. That's illuminating me in a good way. <laughs> Ryan is walking around in just his underwear and it is really chaotic. That sounds just so hot. I need a boyfriend who just walks around in his underwear. I would leave no crumbs. Did that make you laugh when you listened? Okay. What do you think I no crumbs? What do you think I said? Because I think you misheard what I said. I think you said, sis ain't left no crumbs. (laughs) What did you say? I said sis ate and left no crumbs. The fact that you've been running with that as much as you have, I just wasn't going to correct you. But I was like, let me listen to it again and see if I accidentally tripped over my words. I just said it so fast. Sis ain't left no crumbs. Yeah, that still sounds like sis ain't left no crumbs, which I I think is kind of funnier. I think it's better. (laughs) I think that's our version. Sis ain't left no crumbs. Rather than watch The Vow and do my assigned homework, I saw that Survivor has two seasons added to Netflix. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I didn't watch it with the intention of talking about it, but halfway through, I was like, I need to. So yeah, I've been posting about it all over my Finsta. Sorry to my followers. I've been clicking through these stories because I didn't want the spoilers. True. So right off the bat, spoilers for season 20 of Survivor, heroes versus villains. How okay? many, what is the like premise of Survivor? Educate me. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. So my family used to watch Survivor moderately religiously. Like we used to watch it every Thursday. Okay. When I was like little, when I was like seven, eight, like around then we watched it a lot. Um, So I've seen like a good amount of the early seasons. It started in 2000 and they do two seasons a year. Okay. So by so 20. like 40 fucking seasons. Yeah. They just had their like 41st season or something. I'm like 20 times two. <laughs> Equals 40. So yeah, so I'm watching season 20, Heroes versus Villains, which aired in 2010, which is insane. Like I was in seventh grade when this aired. And well, that is kind of crazy. Yeah. And so I'm watching this and I recognize a good amount of the players because all of them are people from previous seasons who have either the reputation of being a hero or a villain, quote unquote. Okay. What? <laughs> Clearly, like I don't understand. Okay, so do you not do you not know anything about Survivor? Can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get a bunch of people. <laughs> you describe the Amazing Race. <laughs> What the fuck is the amazing race? You're just like running around the world I in 80 days or something? I, 
<laughs> I don't know what the things. Ama- do not know what the Amazing Race is. I don't understand it. Is there running involved? Every time I've seen it, people are always running to like locations to get clues. People are always like in taxis when I've seen chunks of it. They're it's like, ca- and it's it's chaotic. It's a lot of like transportation. <laughs> it's the the Amazing Race transportation edition. <laughs> okay, what's the perception of it? Yes, is you get. I'm gonna go with 15 to 30 people. 20. Stick that. Hey, that's yeah. one point. Yeah. You stick them on some sort of island, uh-huh. and then you make. Because I've seen Big Brother, and I know it's kind of similar to ish to that. Okay, I've never seen Big Brother, but okay. So you make them do like weekly challenges, and mm-hmm. it's like build a hut, start a fire, have a like joust, and whoever dies loses. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll fight to the death. <laughs> whoever dies gets fucking roasted on a spit. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, and then it's like everybody vote who you'd want to get kicked off the island. Mm-hmm. And then everyone votes and there's like torches and mm-hmm. there's fire and they're like, Nick, you're voted off the island and then you have to leave. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Great. Um, great job, Claire. <laughs> Let's all give a round of applause. Okay. So the idea is former contestants who have a reputation of either being a hero or a villain are brought back for kind of this like all-star season. Cool. Great. Even though it's not all-stars, that was a separate season. <laughs> um, but it's heroes versus villains. So great. these are like, I could imagine if you'd been watching the show for 10 years, this would have been like the greatest season ever. You would have been like, holy shit, literally everyone that I love or love to hate is back and like whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. So just to clarify pretty much what everything Clary said is true. Um, 39 days. This ain't left no crumbs. <laughs> this ain't left no crumbs in that explanation. A few crumbs that I will pick up. Two tribes, 39 days, 20 people. Tribe doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> <laughs> Off the bat. The show started in 2000. So we have to keep that in mind, I guess. Okay. But yeah, so tribe and initially the show, initially I feel like the location that each season was played a larger, played a larger factor in kind of the story of the season in a way. Whereas I feel like in later seasons, it's become more just like generic South Pacific Island. <laughs> But like season two was Australia and season three was Africa and season 16 or 18 or something was China. And like, I don't know, kind of like cooler locations rather than like generic tropical island, which is kind of what it is. Anyways, so there were a lot of people that I knew from seasons from when I watched as like a kid and I was like, oh shit, like them, like they're here. That's so exciting. So it kind of like jogged that memory and was exciting. My favorite off the bat was probably Stephanie on the Heroes Tribe. I remember liking her when I was like eight. Um, But then she got voted off episode two and I was like, okay, bye Stephanie. Bye Stephanie. (laughs) Um, But Stephanie had already been on the show twice and had won one of her seasons. Oh, bringing back a winner and then to get eliminated second episode episode that's embarrassing many people brought back one their previous season oh so it's like the hunger games like the second book third book yes kind of whichever second one it is catching fire clary's like i don't know i'm hot (laughs) (laughs) i don't read okay i didn't finish that series i read the first two well the third book sucks so you didn't miss much holy crap genuinely i wish i hadn't read the third book so every three days there is a reward challenge and an immunity challenge the reward challenge is for things like a week's worth of rice or coffee or um equipment to make fire or construction like things like that because they're just like stranded on a beach somewhere so that's a reward challenge are you following yeah so if you don't race do you just not 
eat. Then you have to like go get like clams or like chickens. No. Oh or, my god, I would have died or day one. Coconuts. You could not do this. <laughs> no do question. Do people die? Uh, people have been evacuated several times. <gasps> Ooh, I love this. It's like oh pretty. It's like pretty. It's pretty hardcore. Nick, when we get famous, we should try to go on celebrity survivor, survivor. <laughs> and American. No, not American. Amazing horror race. story. <laughs> American this, po- this this podcast is American Horror Story. My neighbor Ryan Murphy is listening through the walls, yeah, getting like, ideas. <laughs> yeah, reward challenge and you have immunity challenges. At the end of every episode, there's tribal council where the tribe votes one person from their tribe off, and they're gone. Okay, I would vote you off day one. <laughs> yeah, we, we write each other's names. We're like, eh. Claret XOXO. <laughs> I'd write okay. a fake name. <laughs> People apparently did that in early seasons and the producers had to like crack down. <laughs> People tried voting the host off. <laughs> Us. That's gold. I love that. I know, right? Yeah, we That's keep very going. like into the woods vibes. Mm. Like kill the narrator. <laughs> Spoilers. I know nothing about Into the Woods. Oh, shit. I just, that's a large spoiler. Uh, it's, you can spoil all of it. Um, So if your tribe wins immunity, they don't go to tribal council. Cool. Great. Cool. And then like, they're safe. And the more people your tribe has, the more likely you are to win subsequent challenges. Got it. Okay. Cool. You know, following. so the heroes are immediately fucked because the villains win all the challenges. Mm-hmm. And so on the villain tribe, we have... Boston Rob is his nickname. That's what I was almost named. (laughs) That'll be our child's name. So his name is Boston Rob and he is a fan favorite. He's on the villain tribe. And I feel like most people on the villain tribes are just players who are really good at survivor. And to be good, you kind of just have to be ruthless. Like us. (laughs) We're ruthless in the podcasting game. Showing your dirt on your favorite podcast. Oh Nick and I have it. So it's Boston Rob and it's him versus Russell. And Russell is this like four foot nothing little man from Dan. <laughs> This fucking little man from Texas who is batshit fucking insane. I have never seen a crazier motherfucker than this man. He is small, stout, and ready to kill. I love him. Oh, he sounds fun. You remember the little person from Twin Peaks who like assassinates people? This is like him, but on Survivor. It was, I was like, holy crap. Like this guy is, this guy has. runs in with the fucking. Yes, the guy has simultaneously has a massive ego and just crippling insecurities. It is insane. Yes, I'm describing you. And <laughs> had to had to ask the question. And it's just insane. So right off the bat, Russell creates an alliance between him, Parvati, Danielle, and there's some names here that I have some hmm. gripes with. <laughs> I wonder who mm, Russell Parvati, Danielle, and mm, there's a fourth one that I'm forgetting, but little Jim pretty much <laughs> sure pretty much it's Boston Rob's Alliance, which has the majority of people. It's like okay. six people versus Russell's four. And okay. Are we on? We're, we're, you're following. Cool. I'm following, following. Amazing. So Rob has the majority and the first Great. time the, the villains lose or not the first time, but one of the first times the villains lose immunity and have to vote someone out. Okay. Rob has the majority. Oh, fuck. This is, this is too complicated. Backtrack. I'm so sorry. There are these things called 
hidden immunity idols. So there are these little idols kind of scattered throughout camp, like hidden in pretty well hidden spots. And players Uh can find clues to them and then go find the hidden immunity idol. And the way hidden immunity idol works is that you go to tribal council, everyone votes. And then right as Jeff, the host is about our man, Jeff, (laughs) right as Jeff is about to read the votes. If you have a hidden immunity idol, you can stand up and be like, I have a hidden immunity idol. Jeff looks at it and is like, this is a hidden immunity of an idol. Any votes cast against this person don't count. And the person with the next highest votes gets voted off. Great. I'm following. So it's a great way to add drama. It's a great twist. Very interesting strategy wise. I'm all about hidden immunity idols. Big okay, fan. For sure. So going into this tribal council, Rob has the ma- boss and Rob has the majority, but Tyson, Bob's right hand, Rob's my Rob's right hand man. Tyson is so anxious that he's going to get voted off that he flips his vote with the intent like he flips his vote for some reason like it was just a move out of fear and anxiety and he shouldn't have but he flips his vote to vote for Parvati Tyson flips his vote to vote for Parvati and then Russell plays a hidden immunity idol for Parvati who Rob's team Rob's alliance was trying to vote out so then all votes against Parvati are null and don't count so the person with the next highest votes gets voted off and that person is Tyson so then Russell has the majority not Rob big deal big deal so Rob loses his majority and then is eventually voted out the heroes then believe based on who they've seen get eliminated because they like the tribes are very separate and don't get to like really interact with each other Mm -hmm. so just based on who the heroes are seeing are getting eliminated by uh on the villain tribe the heroes are like "Ooh, there's an all-woman alliance over at the villains tribe which was so far from the truth like there was no all women's alliance like the women were all over the place in terms of who they were aligned with it was insane like they couldn't have been farther from the truth fuck me up is survivor always broken into two tribes no one season i remember it was broken into young men young women older men older women ryan has a question yes ryan oh yes what's your answer baby Okay, good answer. Thank you. Sometimes it's all one, sometimes four. Yeah. Nick says yes. Did you grow up watching Survivor? Not really. Why do you know all these answers? We watched it like one season. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe he is this bad. But I was like, this is actually great. I love it. Yes. Yes. We're like, wow, this is awful. No. Okay, deadass. This show is so, is like, I'm not joking. This show is unironically fantastic. (laughs) Why are we not talking about Survivor more? This is great TV. Maybe I think we are. <laughs> I think we're talking no, about it just not, enough. Not, not us as a podcast. Us as a society. Why are we not talking more about Survivor? I went to high school with a girl who was fucking obsessed with it. I want to be her friend. We should have her on. For sure. S- sir. <laughs> Sometimes Ryan is such a good podcasting husband, and sometimes he is untrained. He needs to be fully potty trained. It's not good. Okay. All right. Here we go. So the heroes think that there is an all women alliance which over is false on the villain Factually tribe, incorrect. which is incorrect. Okay. But Since they, think, they left no crumbs. They think that because P- Parvati, the last time she was on the show, she led an all women's alliance to the final five. So like they have historical context for it, but it's other besides that, like that's their only proof. They're like history Anyways, repeats itself. <laughs> literally. But if you're, if you're a smart player and you're returning, you're going to change up your strategy. You're not going to try to do the same thing. Yeah. That's, 
you know. checks out. So on the Heroes Tribe, there's a guy named JT who won his previous season. He sounds like a slut. He was a nice country farm boy. Um. Anyways, JT, for some reason, thinks Russell would be on the Heroes side once the tribes merge. By the time they get down to like eight or nine people, they merge the tribes into one. And then you're no longer fighting for tribal immunity. You're fighting for individual immunity. Okay, we'll get back it. to that okay so jt is like russell will definitely be on our side because he's on the outs of this all-woman alliance which isn't true once more can't emphasize that enough okay so he's like well russell's gonna be one of our allies so we need to make sure he stays until the merge so during an immunity challenge no jt sneaks a hidden immunity idol to russell to someone on the other tribe he gives him a hidden immunity idol and is like protect yourself from the women and get rid of parvati next because they saw her as the biggest threat and because she won her previous season but she but parvati and russell are massive allies so it's like (gasps) "Mm, this isn't gonna work out so then russell's like lol incredible and uses the idol to just solidify his alliance's strength and then he votes out anyone not part of his alliance of four and so by the time by the time the merge happens only one person is left who wasn't in russell's alliance and that's sandra we'll get back to sandra so then the tribes merge and they rename their unified tribe into they rename their tribe yin yang i predicted that shut up Shut it's up. Like, I was literally thinking, what was what are they gonna name it? Good evil yin yang. Are you fucking kidding me? They actually named it yin yang. And then I just said dot dot dot. Okay. So then Russell makes up a story to explain what happened to the heroes, like why he, why Parvati wasn't voted out. So he's like, oh, Parvati played a hidden immunity idol. So blah, blah. So that's why she didn't get voted out, blah, blah, blah. And the heroes believed him, even though Sandra, who's not on Russell's side, tells the heroes, they are lying to you. That is not what happened. And they're like, no, no, no. We believe Russell and not Sandra. And I'm like, Russell is clearly a piece of shit. It's so obvious that he's garbage. Why? are you trusting him over sandra anyways at the vote at the vote at the vote merged tribes the heroes think they have it the heroes think they're gonna vote out a villain and then they're gonna have the majority Uh however at the vote parvati whips out not one but two hidden immunity idols and makes the bold move of giving it to sandra and jerry who's a woman sandra and jerry are from the villain tribe and therefore any votes cast against sandra and jerry are null (gasps) and jt gets voted out (gasps) bitten bitten by his own hubris um (laughs) you could say his hubris bit him (laughs) his hubris was like (laughs) (laughs) okay so heroes then get eliminated there are no heroes left it's all villains good fuck (laughs) them yeah it's just yang russell then gets jealous of danielle and parvati's alliance for some reason. Um, and they're tra- ladies. They have like yoni magic to bond over. <laughs> Their periods were synced. Um, they had to make diva cups out of banana leaves. <laughs> That's not for you, Russell. And then, and then they did face masks with the blood. Um, okay. So then Russell gets jealous of Danielle and Parvati and backstabs Danielle, which freaks Parvati out. And then we end up with our final four, which is Sandra, who won the last time she was on. Russell, who was a runner up last time he was on. He seems Par- like he's got a small dick. He does. Parvati, who has been on three times and won the last time she was on. And Jerry, who was on season two Australia. 
Cool. So Russell feels that he is going to have the best chance to win in the final tribal council against Sandra because she hadn't, she quote, hadn't done anything all season, which was true. She was a follower and didn't participate in like any of the challenges, but she also got to where she was because she low-key minded her business and was very sassy. Like she played the game well, like she did what she needed to do clearly because she's in the final four. For the most part, when you come into a reality competition and you're like, I'm the personality, Woohoo! Look at me shaking my titties. I'm gonna. Yes. When you walk in and drop your one liner, you're gonna go home tomorrow. <laughs> you need to be forgettable. Typically, this doesn't apply if you're a man, and that's the fault of the patriarchy, and we can unpack that later. However. No, if you're a woman, put your head down and follow your role, handmade. <laughs> I mean, it's... But it's true. Do I agree that that's a good part of the society we live in? No. Do we live in a society? Yes. We live in a society, and if you want those million dollars, you need to follow the rules. But... Amen. Do you know how Final Tribal Council works? Can I guess? Yes. It's it's genius. Final Tribal Council. Like, it's down to three people. Yep, I got you. How is it decided who wins? So, everybody whips out their immunity idols that they found all (laughs) season, and the man with the most... You can't, okay, you can't play Hidden Immunity Idols once there are five people left. Never mind. Take back everything I said. Um, there's like a final challenge and whoever like does the worst in that gets immediately eliminated and then it's down to two and then the host is like, hey, girl, I like you best. (laughs) And then they're like, but wait, we're bringing back the first eliminated, the guy with the tiny dick who's four feet tall. Dan, get out here. Dan, who do you want to win? And Dan's like, her. And then they're like, you're the next survivor. No. Okay, was I close? No. Right. Ryan's nodding at me. Okay, well, Ryan's incorrect. Okay. Um, (laughs) And then Parvati comes out and she's like, we did it, Russell. Okay. What happened? Kamala Harris walks on. So actually Kamala Harris decides who wins Survivor. Kamala Um, Harris wins. (laughs) Okay. So final three go to their final tribal council where they plead their case on why they should be crowned sole survivor to the jury. And the jury is the previous nine contestants who had been eliminated. Good, I love that. So the nine previous eliminated contestants decide who gets to win. So the final tribal council, everyone on the jury hates Russell. Good. And they have no respect for how he played the game. And he play, he pleads the case of like, I played the game to the best of my ability and it ended me up here. And there's a reason I'm here. And you guys aren't. And it's because I played a better game, which he has a point. He did get to the final three. And like, just because he fucked you over, you still have to acknowledge like that is kind of part of the game. However, on the other side, Russell needs to, Russell knows that these people are going to be deciding who deserves a million dollars. IMO. However. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh so no. Parvati, so Parvati argues. So Parvati is my favorite. I think she's a phenomenal player. She plays the best social game and she's really good at challenges. Like she's a great like physical player too, like all around. Her, her name's Parvati Shallow. Oh, good name. Yeah, she's really hot. Wood Smash. 100%. What's um, his name? Russell Russell Survivor. Wilson? No. <laughs> Who's Russell Wilson? <laughs> I feel that's, like that's a, a football player. Yeah. <laughs> Russell from Survivor. Oh my God. Yeah. Sis, the fedora. Have you seen this picture of him? They Sandra burns his fedora in the last episode. She throws it in the fire. Good. She should. Yeah, we that's love. What he deserves. We, we love her. I'm sending you that just so you have it. 
That's deeply upsetting on all accounts. And what's the other one's name? This is exactly what he looks like. A Sandra, Sandra survivor. Cool. Okay. I feel like I've seen her before. Probably. And I'll get back to why you've probably seen her before. Great. Okay. So Parvati argues that she was the best physical player and the best social player to boot, which I would agree with. Um, and she also says that she had Russell under her thumb the whole time and like she had him under control, which isn't entirely true. Does anyone ever like, fuck on this show? Is there any like jungle sex? <laughs> uh, I think so. Not this season, but there yes. is romance. Oh my God, a survivor baby. That'd be cute. So then that's happened. Like <gasps> people have gone together and yeah. Boston Rob's wife has one survivor. I need to look him up. I forgot about that. <laughs> Austin Rob. He had like a oh, okay. he had a following of female fans. Yeah, he's cute. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not my type, but he's fine. Yeah, Boston Rob isn't your type. <laughs> my type is Russell for sure. My type is Parvati. Same. So, so the votes come in. Russell gets zero votes. Wait, the man was wearing a fedora in the fucking jungle, building shelter and whittling sticks and shit? Yes. I hope he dies. <laughs> so, and keep in mind, Russell made the strategic choice to bring Sandra into the final three because he was like, she won't get any votes. Parvati gets three votes. <gasps> Sandra gets six and wins Survivor and becomes the, se- the first person to win Survivor twice. Yes, bitch. So I hope she's having a good day. That's probably why you recognize Sam. Um, so yeah, that was what I've done this entire week. I watched Survivor and realized why I loved it so much as a kid. So yeah, thank you for joining me on that journey. That felt very long-winded. We could no, watch that the, was eloquently done. We could watch the other season. On- I would do that. That sounds fun. So, so Nick's going to read us some diary entries <laughs> from his depressed high school self. And I can't fucking wait. So the marquee topic for today I used to say that in the early episodes and I kind of like it. The marquee topic. The first time you said it, I remember thinking internally, oh, is that what we're doing? I saw it on your face. I was like, the marquee topic and Claire is like. And then he kept being like, marquee topic. And I was like, please stop saying that. I was like, yeah, so like the conversation today. And I'm like, marquee topic. If you die, I'm getting marquee topic tattooed on me somewhere in your handwriting. Aww. Like it's what he wanted. In my in my chicken scrawl handwriting. I'm getting one of your psychotic diary entries tattooed down my back. <laughs> Spoilers. One of your poems. So a tattoo artist would see that and be like, I'm sorry, I can't in good faith do this. A tattoo artist would see that and then light themselves on fire because they're like, I can't <laughs> I don't want to live on a world where that poem also exists. <laughs> You're all about to. So, high school heartbreak. <laughs> Tell like, me your sad done. stories. <laughs> all right. So, what did Chrysanthemum do to you? Pretty, pretty much. I, <laughs> in terms of crushes I've had in my life, okay. I had a crush on my friend Abby from like fourth grade through like sixth grade, I want to say. Okay. So you were straight for a minute. Yeah. I mean, she was like smart or is like, <laughs> now she's she got real stupid. <laughs> no, like she was smart and like super pretty. And I was like, oh, it was more like I should have a crush on her mm. rather than like I have a crush on her now knowing what a crush feels like i'm like no i just kind of thought i should Um, also sorry quick sidebar we're off to a good start my mom asked me today did nick really get circumcised at 19 no i made that all up for the podcast i made that all up for episode 10 it was a lie It's like, you caught us. I went to the urologist as a bit. <laughs> did she listen to that episode and actually think that? I don't that? think so. Okay. So what, you just how thought did... your body was beautiful? 
How how did we not go viral for that title alone? Our day's coming, baby. Don't yeah. worry. One of these days. Okay. So the first, like, I would say real crush I had was kind of in eighth grade um, uh-huh. on this guy who I went to school with and he was on my soccer team. And I just thought he was, like, very cute. Great. He, he was really stupid, though. So, you know. Um, Men usually are. Yeah. yeah Especially they, when they're 13. They don't. <laughs> thir- yeah. My type, I guess not 13 year old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, he's cute. And then I also got my first taste of, like, what jealousy felt like because he had a girlfriend and, like. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. Did you kill her? No, because she's not, she was a nice girl. Like <laughs> I always hate I always hate that. I hate being jealous of girls that guys I'm into are dating because like me. <laughs> I'm just so jealous of Clare. Um, No, because it's like, it's not their fault. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> I feel that. That makes sense. You know, it's like, I'm like, why? I'm like, why? I shouldn't be directing any sort of animosity towards any of I these women. I don't jive with jealousy of any kind. This yeah. is Well, it became my personality for seven months. Um, okay. I mean, we were all in high school at one point in yeah. time and I was a crazy jealous cunt for a minute. So you're. I'm glad we're in good. I'm in good company. You're in great um, company. As an adult and after like really coming to terms with my abusive relationship and like a lot Mm -hmm. of thought on that I don't fuck with any sort of jealousy any sort of control and rules outside of let's respect each other and keep outside of like normal healthy our private business private I like cannot I I mean it's why I think it's disappointing it's disappointing to me seeing friends of mine like our age who I feel still have some like high school level maturity regarding jealousy and like yeah. uh uh possessiveness and like you know that's and i mean it's a it's a natural like human reaction so i get it yeah, i'm not course. like i'm better than you me and my strong hymen don't get jealous because like i do i definitely get like we are better. of jealousy i mean we are superior that's <laughs> why we're prefect and vanguard duh but like i think it's one of the things that's like is so important to me like especially in my relationship is that i'm with someone who doesn't tell me what to do or get jealous of what I do because I cannot live with that. And I've noticed that in turn, that respect and freedom from Mm -hmm. him has Mm -hmm. made me a way less jealous person on my end. Honestly, when we were doing episode, when we were recording episode 10 and you were telling all those stories, I was like, Ryan's in the room. Like I was worried. I was like, oh, he's going to get jealous. Like this is going to cause conflict. And then you told me about the conversation that you had with your family and him. And I was like, oh shit, that's so impressive because I'm <laughs> I come up very short if not empty trying to think of other people I know who would have a similar reaction yeah it's pretty it's special it's super special like I do not take it yeah. for granted <laughs> no crumbs and to clarify we do fight about other things <laughs> no of course yeah, you're like my relationship's <laughs> perfect um, I hate when youtubers and influencers do like a me and my boyfriend Q&A it's like do you guys fight and they're like honestly we don't like kill yourselves so yeah so that's when i got the first taste of jealousy in my eighth grade lit class i had to we had to write poems and then make a book of all of our poems and i wrote a poem on jealousy do you want to read it for me i unfortunately i it's i have it somewhere in oregon so next time i'm up there i'll find it i'm gonna go Um, bang on dorlinda's door at midnight what if i broke in You're wearing a ski mask. My grandma's there. Like, Papa! She'd be like, if you did that, she'd be like, Nicholas? I'm like, yes, Mama, tis I. (laughs) That's how I talk. (laughs) It's just, tis I, Nicholas. (laughs) Oh my God. Tis I, Nicholas G. Curl. (laughs) 
of Nicholas Jekyll Photography. Oh, Is that how you say hi to your grandma? Yeah, I always introduce my title, um, owner of Nicholas Curl <laughs> Photography. So One half of Brain Cell Girls. <laughs> I remember from the um, jealousy poem is that I said, jealousy tastes like sand. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? And sis went off. <laughs> My synesthesia was everywhere. popping off. Girl, what does that mean? Jealousy tastes like sand. It doesn't taste like anything. The emotion of jealousy does taste like sand to me. But I get why what would you, you mean. Write, why would you write that in a poem at 14? No, I, I, <laughs> I get the concept. My beef is with sand having a flavor. Mm, okay. I guess it was sand more is the like te- a texture. It it's was not more a- the texture. I think I meant the texture. I was like, jealousy has the texture of sand. <laughs> Okay, I get it more now. Anyway, like, what so do you like, mean, glass? So that was the only crush I had for such a long time. And I was like, okay, like, I'm gay. And I know I've never talked about that on the podcast. <laughs> Nick, you're gay. I can only podcast with straight people. Corey's like, over. this is done. <laughs> Um, and I kind of thought I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have a crush on someone until I'm in like, until I'm like maybe in college and meet other gay people. Like that's probably what's going to happen. The idea of having a crush on a straight guy never really entered my mind as a possibility because I'm like, well, I think I, yeah, like I said, it didn't even enter my brain as a possibility of something that could happen. Um, obviously there were straight guys I was attracted to yeah, and I was like, oh shit, he's really hot. But like in terms of having like an actual crush where I'm like, I want to date you and spend every waking moment with you (laughs) like a crazy person. That didn't happen with anyone. And I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, that's because I'm gay and I have a weird dick and college will sort it out. (laughs) Hell yeah. We love my honesty. Um, so. love your weird dick. As I talked about in episode eight, junior year, hate her. (laughs) Yes. 2013-14. Bad. Hate hate her. Piece of garbage. Going into senior year of high school, most of the brotherhood had graduated, with the exception of three. We guys. give them fake names. Yeah, so let's call Kyle. Okay. Let's call Michael. And let's call Jake. Okay. Cool. So and I'm just kidding. So Kyle, like, Michael, and Jake. I'm like, so um I'm gonna give them fake names. Uh his name's gonna be because that was his name. <laughs> no. So Kyle, Michael, and Jake. Yeah. Got so K- Kyle, Michael, and Jake are the three remaining Brotherhood members. And they I mm, I don't I don't think I did this in episode eight, but I do want to clarify that like it was one person who said that about me. <laughs> the AIDS and thing? The AIDS thing. Like that wasn't like a collective. <laughs> they all group. typed it at the same time. They're like, they're wouldn't like, it be funny if we insane. all said Nick has AIDS or is gonna get AIDS together? And they're like, our brains are connected. That'd be crazy imagine if they all did it at the same time and we're like oh shit and then they're like, Ooh. um you'd be like okay you win this isn't this isn't cyberbullying at like, this point this is i'd be like this is a prophecy <laughs> <laughs> well as the scotland clinic told you yes. hiv not yet <laughs> Later. 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 So. Later. 
<laughs> so I just want to make that clear. And I think that'll like make my actions and decisions make more sense that I didn't really, to an extent I did, but for the most part, I didn't really hold that many hard feelings against any of these three guys for what happened because they had apologized to me genuinely, authentically, effectively. And it seemed like they'd learned from their mistake, saw how much it hurt me. And we'd moved on. I was ready to move on. I was ready to become like better friends with, because I'd say we were friends yourself. the year before. I was like, let's start our own little brotherhood um, where we suck each other's dicks. <laughs> the limp biscuit brotherhood so that was where i was at that summer okay. and um i coordinated a camping trip with myself kyle and michael okay. and i do not know why i did not include jake in that <laughs> couldn't tell you but i didn't i bet he um, feels really excluded he did mention it at one point senior year and i was like ah, ha, ha. um so we went camping and it was a lot of fun and i was like oh these are great guys and like i want to have like a good friendship with them for my senior year um and i also as i said like as i said in episode eight i didn't really have too many guy friends like dan is was dan for the most part has been my only consistent guy friend guy friend throughout my life um he's a real one all that to say friendships with guys was kind of new to me i want to say that okay close friendships with with guys was slightly new to me. say i didn't have a ton of experience with that and turns out it's almost identical to that of with girls people are just people <laughs> gender isn't that big of a deal i am <laughs> um like genuinely and i become close friends with kyle because he's in my grade and we get our schedules for senior year and we have identical schedules we have all of the same classes okay so then we partner up for the summer physics project and we uh, i'm really nervous talking about this <laughs> okay does it sound like i'm nervous no okay i'm anxious about this but can i help in any way no i think i just need to i i i can count on one hand the amount of people i've like really talked to about this oh um, my god so it's kind of it's that so just talking to like <laughs> at least a hundred people about this is yeah that's scary. fine but, i get yeah, that um it's fine. I don't know. I, he, it seemed like he wanted to be really good friends with me. Like he would invite me, like beginning of the school year, he would invite me over and I would work. I was directing a play that fall for our fall season and I would go over and like work on stuff for my play and he would work on stuff for the musical because he was in the musical and we would like do physics together and we, whatever. Um, okay. He bought me ice cream at Prince Puckler's one time and I thought, I was like, that's so nice. Why did he do that? Um, and then one night he invited me to spend the night and so I spent the night and we we were just like hanging out on his couch and as I've said a few times when I was little I wanted to be an astrophysicist <laughs> I thought space was the coolest shit ever I wanted okay. to know everything there is to know about black holes and higher dimensions and and like anything to do with theoretical physics I think it is the most interesting thing on the planet you were the kid that got killed in rabbit hole so, <laughs> I'll get back to rabbit hole because that actually kind of ties into my story holy S fuck seeing i make an appearance yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> god almighty um get back on track so i'm talking with him and we had such an interesting and stimulating conversation about space and physics and theoretical physics and he was like i just had never had anyone to talk to about stuff like that anyone who was like also interested in it and i was like oh he's also he's not only interested in it he's like keeping up with me and like we're on the same page about this and so unfortunately i think that night was when the crush was born <laughs> it was because of it black holes like and theoretical physics um nerd and and oh 
recovered memory corner. We were talking about astrophysics and he was playing, um, is it Blackbird by the Beatles? Yes. He was playing. Blackbird singing in the the dead dead of of night. We were playing. He was playing Blackbird on his guitar while we talked about astrophysics. Okay, everyone listening, it's so easy to make fun of me. I'm going to do it a plenty. Just keep in mind, I was an 18 year old in high school. (laughs) I'm keeping it in mind. I'm still judging. Thank you. That's all I'm asking is just keep it in mind. Continue judging. Men shouldn't be allowed to play the acoustic guitar, period. It should be illegal. It should be a, a criminal offense. That will be on the platform for Curl Smith 2028. I um, would say we should free everyone incarcerated for marijuana-related charges. Any drug and, charges. And yeah, true. <laughs> and then replace them with any man who's ever played the acoustic guitar. Not with, not with the goal of lowering the prison population. No. With the goal of increasing it with acoustic guitar playing men. I want more drug dealers on the streets and less men playing the acoustic guitar. And I stand by that. Curl Smith, 28. So. (laughs) See you then, bitches. Bitches. So that happens. I go to sleep. I'm sleeping over at his house that night. And oh, this is so gay. This is so fucking gay. Put it in your barn. It's because I'm a homosexual. He he's like, yeah, he's like, you can sleep in my bed tonight. And I was like, okay. I was like, is this what male friends do? IDK. Ask Ryan if he's ever slept over at a friend's house and they've slept in the same bed. Ryan, have you ever slept over at a friend's house and you've slept in the same bed? Male. No. Male friend. Well, I guess the answer is the same. So I was like, okay, I guess that's normal. I'll sleep over in your bed with you. I'm so sweaty. Baby, you got this. You got this. Take it away. It's your time. He says, come sleep in my bed. And you said, I need to write that in my gay barn really quick. (laughs) And I'm like, hold on. I need to go jerk off in the bathroom. So also, this is a guy I had literally been in school with since middle school. And I had never (laughs) looked twice at him, had a real conversation for the most part. Like, I don't know. Like, I not not to shit on him because he's a good looking guy. But like, I'd never looked twice at him. He wasn't like my type or anything. Late September. I am lying in this man's bed. The window is open. His bed is right next to his window. The window's open. It's a clear night. The full moon is shining through the fucking window onto him asleep. And I'm laying there literally watching him sleeping, thinking about the conversation we just had. And then I get a feeling in my stomach that I have never had up until that point. And I literally go, oh, fuck. Because I'm like, I like this guy. That whole experience? Put it in your barn. It's already there it's in my barn it's in my psychiatrist notes it's (laughs) i'm really just trying to make put it in your barn the title of this episode is what's happening doing your best um we one of us said something earlier and mentally i was like "Mm, title i forget what it was i'll see (laughs) what if i I bleep out every time you say i will fucking kill you the power i have editing okay so i'm lying there staring at this man asleep and i'm like fuck i have a crush on him that's great what what do i do with this so i am immediately embarrassed (laughs) and ashamed as you should be And not enjoying any aspect of it. It is one of the weirdest, whatever, I'll get back to that in a second. But that weekend, me and one of my absolute best friends in the world, uh, Daniel, not Daniel, my roommate, different Daniel. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Two BFFs named Daniel. I'll call him Danny just to clarify for listeners sake. Um, So me and Danny uh, go to Mucho Gusto and we sit outside and I'm like, hey, 
gorge. I'm like, so I think I might, I don't know. I think I might have, and guess what cuts me off? Guess what starts playing over the speaker at Mucho Gusto? Blackbird by the Beatles. Blackbird by the Beatles starts playing. (sighs) And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) And does the moon then shine down upon you? And then there was a solar eclipse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I was like, okay, well, if I didn't believe in God before and... And then you were a devout Christian. <laughs> and then I put all that gay shit in a box in my head and <laughs> crushed it. <laughs> and then you burnt the barn to the fucking ground <laughs> like Midsommar. Spoiler alert. So I tell him that and he's like, he's like, oh, like I tell him the story about like the physics, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's cute. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and you're like... You don't understand me. Yes, that, okay, you don't understand me, quote unquote, is the theme of my life for seven months. Oh, you sound fun. I was the best person to be around senior year of high school. So then, then I start feeling pretty sad. My show ends that I directed, my show ends late October. And that had been almost enough of a distraction for me to kind of push away any thoughts and feelings I was having because I was like, I just need to focus on this. Um, Yeah. But then my show ends and then it's three weeks straight of the musical that my school was doing that fall. And I sat in on every rehearsal, every performance. I was there watching. Why? Why did I do that to myself? It was, it's like, I'm not saying this flippantly or like as a joke. It was kind of like a form of self-harm. Then I start getting very sad and it's kind of hard for me to figure out what came first. Was it the depression or the crush? Like, was I depressed because I liked him or? Or did I like him because I was depressed? Porque no does. And it's probably a mixture of both, but the both, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just almost a delayed reaction to everything that had happened to me junior year. I think a lot of that stuff like finally kind of caught up to me, which makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, by the time my play came and went, I was like pretty much fully in it. And yeah, I would just like watch the musical and watch him like fall in love with on stage and be like why can't that be me (laughs) and it's like nick oh my god i'm like holy crap who the fuck was i um we all did psycho shit like that no i know i'm trying at this point in my life i'm trying to be i'm trying to be empathetic to 18 year old nick and i'm also trying to be someone i'm trying to be someone who would have been helpful for me to have in their life at that age yeah that's yeah i feel that heavily just because of how i think our reoccurring theme if you watch my mental breakdown that I had about my repressed theater trauma I think something that was I was lacking hugely when I was a junior and senior especially was a mentor I so fucking desperately needed guidance from someone who wasn't my peer and wasn't my parents and like my parents are wonderful parents but it was just I needed guidance from someone who I was not related to it's 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 different And I wanted that to be my theater teacher. I wanted that so bad. I Mm -hmm. wanted her to see that I like it. Me lashing out constantly was such a fucking cry for help. Yeah, I needed that guidance from. I I wanted her to like sit me down and be like, I can tell you're angry because of this. I can tell your passion. I can tell you care. And she didn't give a shit. And she cares about her fucking TikTok account. 
<laughs> at 23, I've had to like, first of all, watch her become TikTok famous <laughs> and give advice to young actors on TikTok. Bad advice. And it makes shitty TikToks. But like <laughs> coming to terms with the fact that like, I feel like I had to like mourn the loss of yeah. this mentor I never had. And that was like a huge thing to process with myself. I am my own therapist. <laughs> Is that because like for the longest time I was like, why do I hate this bitch so much? Like, why am I so angry about it as yeah. a fully formed adult? And yeah. I was like, it's because I just needed that mentor and I like need to grieve the relationship I never had. However, what ties into your thing is I, be, oh, because that's the other no, thing. This is, is all that, ringing true for me in a, in a different way, but this fully makes sense. When she was hired and came into my life, she yeah. was 24, which is basically How old my you and I are. age. Yeah. I'm, 20, I'm 23, Nick. You're like, I'm a baby. I'm a baby. <laughs> You're like, Nick, I'm your child bride. Wait, she might have been 23. I don't fucking know. She was young. She was yeah. fresh out of college. And I'm just having this weird, like, another wave of realization where I'm like, it's so crazy that I still feel so in touch with that, like, version of myself. And I am now her age yeah. that she was at that time. And I just remember thinking pre-COVID, I was like, if... I like was in a position in theater where like I could see a teenager clearly like so sad and misunderstood and angry with potential. Like, yeah, not that like if I hadn't had potential that made my sadness less valid. You didn't deserve it. <laughs> but if I saw someone who like had potential to be great and was just so fucking hurt by the world. I would want to like wrap my arms around them and be like, it's, a, I, I would want to be that mentor that I never had. Yep. And like, I'm actively trying to do that. Obviously theater isn't a thing, but I hope that when it is, I'm able to do that. Honestly. Because if someone could have done that for me, shit would have been a whole lot different. Being and a, drop mic. Being aware of it, just having that aware, the awareness that you do is 95% of it. So I'd say you're mostly there. Yeah. Um. But no, that, yeah, I, as I said, we are going to be absolutely roasting 18 year old nick <laughs> oh i can fine. roast 16 year old me no, and course. also say that she was hurting yes so like we're gonna roast him but we're also gonna empathize with him. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do today guys that's before like we burn we're... this barn to the fucking ground <laughs> so okay and i still didn't realize okay at that point november i'm i'm like <laughs> starting to just cartwheel poorly down that rocky mountain of depression <laughs> i was like i'm dating the quickly... cop still no i just broke up yep. with the cop I was quickly, it was quickly going downhill and part of me wanted to hit that rock bottom. Um, Is rock bottom the K word yourself? <laughs> I, guess, I mean, I guess that's like literal rock bottom. I'll get back to that. But okay. no, I, I guess I wanted to hit, ugh, this is hard to explain. It's like, I think I, I get what you're saying. I, I think, I think very visually. So it's hard to put into words without sounding like a, paint me a picture, write me a poem, Nikki. It's hard. Like, I don't know. I always feel like I sound like a crazy person when I describe like kind of how my thoughts <laughs> form. Cause it's very visual. Visual, but with this for the most part it always resonates with me so it was kind of like i was this sounds ridiculous so i'm sorry imagine imagine i'm on a really tall hill and it's nighttime and there's i can see it. a very <laughs> and there's a very steep um you know and it's very steep below me and i don't know what's underneath me and for all i know it just keeps going forever i felt like i just started walking down that and like started almost like falling and i was kind of like yeah i kind of hope i hit the bottom like, let's see what that what that's like. Ugh. Mainly, oh, this is so fucked up. Mainly because I was like, well, if I hit rock bottom, like he's going to have to pay attention to me. What the fuck? 
we've all had that thought yeah. like not to no 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 it, but that like, helped that, hearing that hearing people be like oh yeah i fully understand that i'm like thank god i am not were, a special crazy person girl talk about wanting attention there yeah. were times when i would think like if i can like literally physically say this questionable thing loud enough maybe like yeah yep theater teacher redacted will hear me and she will come to my aid like yeah and that i mean that's like not even a metaphor that is as literal as it can fucking get i was like if i say something questionable and concerning she will Sorry. come help me yeah no it's fucking hysterical <laughs> it's, like, it's like girl go to therapy like i was in there i also i started going to therapy you're like it wouldn't have helped you but no love my therapist i started going to therapy or going to therapy again to the therapist i'd been seeing on and off since i was 12 around when my play closed and initially i was just kind of just catching her up with what happened junior year and and then eventually i was i can't explain how embarrassed i was to admit to anyone like that i had a crush on this guy i think most of the things in my opinion and that and that that translated to my therapist it took me like three or four sessions before i even like hinted at this being a problem in my life most of the things that are like this is the sole reason i am depressed or anxious or like going through it if you really whittle it down to like this is the cause i have a crush on this person my theater teacher doesn't like me it sounds so fucking stupid yeah and like because that's one of the reasons you get down to it and you're just like okay so don't it's like (laughs) literally well for the longest time when i like when the root cause of all my sadness was i am sad that gypsy closed that is I'm sad my play is over. What? Yeah. That's not a reason to be depressed. I mean, it is. The thing is, is that however, it sounds stupid. <laughs> feelings aren't rational and you can rap, you can try to rationalize them and that can be helpful. But like your feelings are valid because you are feeling them. That's all the validity. ain't left. No crap. That's all the validity your feelings need is that you are feeling them. That's kind of it. Okay. So where does rabbit hole come into play? <laughs> You're going to have to hold off for a bit before we get when I mean, when- it's November rabbit hole was January. Buckle up. Buckaroo. Buckaroo. Um, so yeah, I was car wheeling poorly down that star. Charlotte Hill and and Blackbird was playing. and Blackbird was playing at mucho gusto <laughs> and Kyle was being taken to prison for the offense of playing the acoustic guitar. He's like, we're like, hand over your guitar, and he's like, no, and we're like, you'll be killed. I know. And he was like, I know. You can say what you say want. what you want. <laughs> Okay. I still, I still like didn't realize that what I was experiencing was depression because that like word and term and idea, it seemed so like scary and foreign. And also like, I felt dramatic using it for myself. I'm like, well, no, I don't have depression. I'm just like upset about this, like whatever. And I also, I wanted to like distance myself from that word because like a friend's dad died from suicide that year. And I was like, okay, well, like, like, I don't want to equate myself or yep. like, I'm not, I'm like, well, I'm not in that place. Like, you know, obviously now I understand that it's a pretty large spectrum. Um, It's like, there's something about mental illness that it's like, if you're not experiencing the absolute worst version of it, you can totally dismiss it. Or yeah, like, if you're not, when I've if you're not like, holding a bottle of pills, you're just like, oh, I'm fine. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's like when people always say like, I, my depression's so bad, I can't get out of bed. And I mean, I don't know if 
I have depression. I don't think I do, but it was always, I've had like depressed times in my life. Yeah. It's all having that, depression and being depressed are different. That, I was going to say, like, that's also difficult because de- you mm-hmm. can be depressed. Like, that's a feeling. And then depression is like a condition. And it's hard. It's, it's hard to, but there have been times the in two. my life when I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I do not have depression. And I was like, well, I still get <laughs> out of decided. bed and go to work. I don't think I do. I'll get back to, please remind me about that specifically. I've, I mean, I've always felt like, well, I've, I have to go to work. Like, I can't, I can't not get out of bed. Therefore, mm-hmm. my feelings are not valid. I don't have depression. I'm just lazy and sad. I Those are symptoms of depression <laughs> and being depressed. I can count on one hand the amount of times I haven't been able to get out of bed because of depression. Like I wouldn't, and it, uh, what, six years now? And I've had it for like about six years. So it's not like that's the only valid simultaneously, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I didn't realize it was depression. I was kind of just like, eh, I'm sad over a boy. Ha ha ha. It's normal to want to die when this happens. And then it got worse. <laughs> And then it became me constantly wanting to be, I wanted to be around him as much as possible. No matter what, it was like a drug addiction. That is the best way I can describe it. It was like a drug addiction. I've experienced that. Yeah. It's like. Where you're like practically following them around and you're like, (laughs) what am I doing? But you can't help it. And then you just like feel yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I hope I wasn't, but like mm, to an extent, but I wasn't like following him around like the dying dog at your dentist office i was like (laughs) like it wasn't like that but it was i still had every class with him and then the winter the winter show came and we were cast in it together he was cast he was cast as the lead and then i was cast as the i don't know what the title is the next (laughs) next on the call sheet i guess i was like the highest supporting male whatever so i build second i was build i was build like fifth rise (laughs) that matters for men though for guys i was number two Glad we cleared that up. (laughs) It's really important to the listeners. So I'm casting this play and he's cast in it and his girlfriend is also cast in it. And then I am not only seeing him six or seven hours a day at school. I'm also seeing him for the three hours of rehearsal afterwards. And then that's nine hours and then math. And then I'm trying every fucking day to go over to his house to do physics homework for another three hours. I'm trying to spend like 12 hours a day with this guy. You're a drug addict. I'm not saying that facetiously it's what it's what it's what it was it was an addiction and the shitty part is that like a drug addiction i felt like such absolute shit 99 of the time and then one percent of the time i would get a little bit of a high that i was like chasing but the high was never as good as i expected it to be and it was never ever worth the amount of pain i was like i was like dragging myself over coals for this guy emotionally and it was never worth it and I yeah. didn't realize that for way too long that I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get out what I'm putting in or have it make up for what I've like lost emotion. And that's shitty. Yep. So now it's time for a diary entry. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Okay. Do you want me to read it? I thought Would that be more fun. I thought about that. Well, the thing is, I don't want to read the whole one because like there are <laughs> names <laughs> and okay. What is a good, okay. This is 
is from November 29th, 2014. Thank God I dated them. I, when I, I remember writing these and remembering in the back of my head, one day he's going to hear about these. And in the intervening time since, I'm like, I'm like, he's never going to hear about these. And now here I am projecting it on the internet. Um, oh my God, send them to me. I want to read. I want to read. I'm trying to find the first one. Okay, not that one. How many are there? How many am I reading? We are, if we, if we, if we read every single one that I have, it would be three hours. Okay. So we're not, okay. Are you good? Yeah, I'm just like trying to decide how much of this we want to read. I'm going to text you this paragraph. I'm going to text you a few things and let you kind of make the final decisions. Great, um, I can't wait. Because I am obviously not impartial. <laughs> you are. Clarice, <laughs> please. Okay, I'm reading hold, this Wait, hold now. on, hold on, hold on. No, this no, one's good. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a few. So I'm going to send you a few more. I am going to send you a few more. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't realize they were digital. Oh, yeah. I opened up my laptop at 11.30 p.m. Like I went pitter-patter. Once once or t- like uh, once every one or two weeks, and I would just write all my thoughts for an hour. Insane. And I love it. Save. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Let me let me go through the paragraph and make sure there's nothing I want, like, actually censored. Oh, my God. This is so sad. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't believe this is happening. Okay. I love this. Okay. Watch catch me catch me fast forwarding this part when I'm editing. <laughs> I like that it's written like a letter. Oh, well, let me read you the... Oh, Is it called Dear Kyle? No, 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 no. Okay. I I literally say uh, in the second text I sent you, it says, I don't know who I'm even writing to right now. Who the fuck am I kidding? I'm writing to you. I'm literally just sitting in bed and I was thinking... I'm just going to do this. I'm literally just sitting in bed and I was thinking about writing a poem about it, but why the hell shouldn't I just write exactly what I'm thinking? Probably because I have no fucking idea what I'm thinking. I've been listening to a shit ton of Taylor Swift lately. (laughs) And it's as if any sort of feeling I'm having, she has a song for it. Like, what the fuck? I stand by that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to read the first one. Are you ready? Yeah. Every time I hear about you guys having sex, (laughs) it's like I have a mace exploding from my chest and I get a fucking headache and feel like I'm going to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so many things. I'm jealous of both of you you for having sex i'm jealous of both of you because you've kissed people i don't know why it's such a big deal to me but it fucking is fucking is i've been on this i've been on this goddamn earth for 18 years and i've never met anyone who's wanted to kiss me and until two months ago that feeling was mutual i feel disgusting i feel repulsive and pathetic (laughs) pathetic 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 I don't think I'm ever going to meet someone. I know. I know I'm not. What? I'm not going to meet you again. And obviously I'm jealous of her. I don't think she knows how fucking lucky she is to have you. I would walk around the earth a thousand times to have you look at me the way you look at her. For just a second, that look of desire and trust and humor and love and lust. And understanding. But why would you look? Ending the podcast now. (laughs) I will be reading this as a monologue for every future audition. That was so beautifully written. I'm Clary Smith from Thurston High School, and I'm going to be reading a monologue from Nick Curl's diary. If I could drill into anyone's head, you are not special. Everyone feels this way at some point in time. Everyone feels the exact version of this. Obviously, every relationship is different and has its different intricacies. However, everyone feels this way. I'm still reeling from that reading. That was simultaneously one of the funniest things I've ever heard. (laughs) 
What was your favorite part? Mine is pathetic. 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 <laughs> it just reminds me of my high school theater teacher telling me when how a pathetic you are has written. <laughs> When a writer has written a lot, like one word multiple times, you should say it different every time. So I'm like, what a dumb direction. She's stupid. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) how pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. Yeah, that's, that's how I, (laughs) I wrote this to be read (laughs) dramatically. And that's, that was my intention. No offense. Um, It sounds like you did. It's yeah. I mean, it's the most dramatic thing potentially in existence. So when does rabbit hole come into place? (laughs) Girl, (laughs) multiple people listening will remember because they were there. Okay. It's a public suicide attempt for no, 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 no. I didn't tell anyone about this uh, for a long time. Me and Kyle and Jake and Michael and one of my very good friends hazel and chelsea hazel and chelsea are a year older than me and they both went to oxy and then they came back from winter break and i guess there was a bit of a friend group and i'm not gonna like describe everyone who's in the group because it doesn't matter no one cares and no one cares but a group of like (laughs) i mean that with love whatever a group of like nine or ten people i want to say um including those people that i've mentioned and one of the people in the group was getting back from college for winter break um that night and we okay. were like, we're going to surprise him at the airport as a group Aww. because he hated his college and had a very shitty first semester. And we were like, all right, this will be sweet. So we show up to the Eugene airport, surprise him. It's super sweet. Keep in mind, I am absolutely crazy still for Kyle. We just always need to keep that in mind that I am. If you know me, if you've only known me in the past few years, different person, <laughs> fully different person. I only know you post Kyle, so. Love that for you. And (laughs) wish I wish I was you. (laughs) So we pick this guy up from the airport. He's very touched and cries and we all take a group photo. And then we all go to Sherry's on West 11th. A classic. And something else that people who might have only met me 2016 onwards might not know is that I was kind of an insane prude when it comes to alcohol and marijuana in high school. And a little bit freshman year of college. Which is so fucking funny. Which is hilarious. <laughs> which is, out of everyone in that friend group, I needed weed the most. Holy crap, just smoke a joint, dude. Um, <laughs> That probably would have solved my problems. <laughs> But I was like, girl, same. Very anti weed. I was like, health class worked on me. I was like, absolutely not. We don't know what that is laced with. We are gonna. There could be PCP in that, and then we're gonna go like shoot ourselves in the forest. It's like what? The, it's like it's just a joint, dude. Like chill the fuck out. But I was like vehemently anti weed, like a crazy person, and I can't even explain my logic at this point because I'm so far removed from that. But important to know. And leading up to this night, I. Was was like if weed is at the function i'm not (laughs) you sound fun i was a great i was a great time um i was a (laughs) lot of fun to be with no one ever had any issues with me i was the life of the party um it was great sarcasm so i am like if there's weed there i won't (laughs) okay if there's weed there i won't be (sighs) 
which is a choice. And everyone, not everyone, but like some of the people that I told, I was like, hey, like I I wasn't like actually like if there's weed there, I won't be. I was just like, hey, like I don't want to be there if you guys are going to be smoking because it makes me uncomfortable. Like that's kind of how I said it. And they were like, okay. And it was agreed upon. Then we go to the guy's house, the guy who we picked up from the airport. We go to his house, which is like out in the country. And pretty much within five minutes, everyone starts smoking. Everyone goes to a different room and starts smoking, um, <gasps> including Kyle. And I'm left there with Chelsea. Um, and me and Chelsea are hanging out talking. Chelsea and Hazel. Hazel's not there at that point. Chelsea and Hazel, I've been texting with them about my Kyle, my Kyle fixation. And then they all go into a different room and start smoking. And I proceed to have a almost complete breakdown in the bathroom <laughs> near the front door. I go into the bathroom and I stand there just leaning against the counter like breathing heavily for five minutes cinematic (laughs) cinematic and then i'm like okay it's fine just grab the keys get in your car drive away go to sleep say no to marijuana go to sleep not a big deal dare to stay off drugs (laughs) trump 2020 and you're like i need to go home and just play the acoustic guitar instead i was like guys why are we smoking weed when we can be playing blackbird on our acoustic guitar (laughs) God almighty. So I go back out to grab my keys and I didn't want to make like a big deal about it. You weren't like, bye guys, going to go kill myself. I genuinely wasn't trying to like make a scene or anything. I was like, I want to grab my keys and leave. Like, I just want to get out of here. Um, But I walk out of the room and Kyle's there already high. Like oh. his eyes are red and he's wearing like, he's in like different clothes all of a sudden. I'm like, what happened? Like, quick change. And he's wearing like- He said, my life is a stage. <laughs> I was like, Kyle, enter stage left. And he was like, coming, master. And he's wearing a white t-shirt, high as fuck. And he's wearing like a fedora. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I grab my keys and he's like, wait, Nick, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home. I'm tired. Um, I'm trying not to cry. I'm like, I'm going to go home. And he's like, oh, he's like, I wanted to hang out. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry. And I'm putting my Birkenstocks on over my wool socks. And Kyle says, aren't you going to hug me? Wow, I've blocked this out. And that made me so undescribably mad because yeah. I was like, fuck you. Under the pretense of he knows I'm into him, fuck you. Like, why are you like utilizing that against me? Because like, obviously I want to fucking hug you. Like, why are you like, fuck, but I'm angry at you. It's like, fuck off. Um. Yeah. And so then I naturally go hug him. I make it a brief, stingy, petty hug. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I'm a pretty good hugger. I made this a bad hug. And... <laughs> Because I'm mad. And I get into my car and I proceed to like break down sobbing because I'm like, he chose weed over me. He I know this is a sensitive story. He chose weed over me. Girl, it is not mutually exclusive. Let's all loosen up collectively. Perhaps someone's being a wee bit overdramatic. Uh... <laughs> I wish you'd been in the car with me to be like, sis, I think you're being a little dramatic. <laughs> Anyways. I'm a great de-escalator because I just make things so funny. I... Imagine if I was on the suicide hotline. You'd be like, that sounds rough, I guess. But like, is it that big of a deal? Like, Stay so tuned for more. Time, 
I have like a story that like does relate. You're like, wait, so they're like, mm. you're like, hold on. I was in rabbit hole senior year and they're like, it all started in 2007. And I'm like, okay, well, let me set the stage. So I was 10. I was attending Oak Hill roughly in fifth grade. They would be so confused. They would no longer be suicidal. They'd be like, I'm j- it uh, would- not to suck my own dick, Do it. but I will. My ex roommate slash dear friend Danny, love her. As I've said before, she is from Venezuela. Venezuela. And a couple, one time in particular, there was some like insane conflict back home, and like in protesting, and people were dying. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar. <laughs> I, yes. Sorry. Sorry. However, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. that was going on. And there was like, I don't remember what had happened that day, but something like specifically horrendous had happened. And I came home from rehearsal. Specifically and she was, horrendous. Like sobbing in bed. And oh, no. she was like, oh. please distract me. So I was like, I think I'm good at that. So if you need no, distraction, I can dance like a fucking clown for you. Sometimes that's what people need. Yeah. One time so. And I'm, one, that's time, my specialty. one time Sophie FaceTimed me and was like, can you tell me something funny that happened at Chili's today? <laughs> and I was like, oh, do I have stories? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, Anyways. what were you saying? Besides me being a great suicide de-escalator. So I get in the car and I'm like, I should call Clarence. <laughs> You're like, I know we don't really know each other. I was like, you know who is have the answers right now? My my preschool fiance. Um, I'm like, we've never met. <laughs> you're like, who is this? <laughs> we've never. You're like, we're not going to meet until Joshua Tree 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then you hang up. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to meet until we've been recording our podcast for 11 weeks. <laughs> and then you neigh and hang up. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. When Nick says his car, he means my centaur body. <laughs> so I guys, so I mount Clarence. <laughs> You've been recording for three and a half hours. So I mount Clarence and I'm like, giddy up. And no, so I get in my car. The Great Gatsby soundtrack starts playing. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> only, only the real ones. Only know. the real ones are going to get that. <laughs> So I get in my you car. Made it this far and you heard that joke. I, I get in my car. Beyonce and Andre 3000 are singing Back to Black. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like bang, bang, sling, bow, bow, sleet, bow, bang, bang. You know the one. Skiddly bap. <laughs> <laughs> or Lana's like, will you still love me? And I'm like, you won't. I- okay. I just need to get the story out and then I need to pee. I get in my car. I podcast to be over. <laughs> fully. I get in my car. I have a breakdown. I play some fucking music that I don't fucking remember. Thank God. And I drive away. And this house was like in the country for the 46% of our listeners who are in Oregon. Um, It's like, imagine like if you're driving out to like King Estate, like f- going west, like that sort of country area. Um, it's like around there. So very windy roads, especially getting from his house to the main road. Super, super windy. I'm having like a full on breakdown meltdown. I'm like, my life is ending and nothing will ever. <laughs> I will never know happiness. <laughs> we all 
all been there. Um, Hell yeah. In hindsight, just a complete depletion of serotonin. And I'm driving. I should not have been driving. Holy crap. I was so not in a state to be operating a motor vehicle. And yeah, I one of the <laughs> one of the sharp turns was coming up. It was like a 180 turn around a bend. And I was like, hmm. I'm just going to not turn. And I think the only reason I did end up turning was like, just must like ref- reflexively. But I was like, mm, I'm just going to drive off the road into the forest. Um, I'm like that Douglas fir looks like a good place to land. And... <laughs> Oh, that really made you laugh. <laughs> Woo! Your suicide note is like, that Douglas Farr looked like a good place to land. Oh, that Douglas Farr. Um, fucking hell. So... I eventually get home and it's the type of pain where it's a whole, it's a full body pain, you know, where you're like, like my entire body hurts. I crawl into bed. I get, I like get into a ball, like clutching a pillow and I'm like, just go to sleep. You're going to wake up and you're going to feel better. And then I wake up and I felt the exact same. My body was still in pain. I wake up, I grab my phone. I have an email. I open my email, find out I've been accepted to Chapman. Dead ass. Yeah. Chapman saved you. (laughs) That photo of Pete the Panther in the the Chapman acceptance email, I was like, "Mm." You were thinking about going back to that Douglas fur and then the panther said, don't. (laughs) Pete was like, stay. Um, Pete was like, "Mm." Pete was like, maybe go back. Um, Yeah, so that was the the time I almost launched myself off the road. (laughs) December 14th, 2014. No, no, no. It was December 18th. I'm sorry. Sorry to our listeners. What would I wonder what I was doing? Things happened between me and him that to this day I cannot make sense of and that such as the massage and the still confuse me yeah that happened in February so like we'll get there but um episode seven when we talked about first time we got drunk it was Kyle Michael and Jake (laughs) all we all got drunk on as Clarice said rich south parent red wine and he and I like we got drunk and we like slept really close together and like kind of cuddled and it was just weird and it's like it's things like that where it's like well nothing happened but it's not normal you know and so things like that things um other like kind of small things that I guess I added up in my head or I was like trying to make sense of it or I was trying to create a narrative in my head of okay well he's doing these things because he's actually into me but he just can't Oh, maybe. But he just can't show it to me because he isn't out or doesn't want to blah, 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 anything like that. And yeah, I don't know. So I still like, I don't want to say I still struggle with it because it's not like this bothers me daily or like really takes up that much real estate in my brain. But just when I look back on it, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, why did he massage my leg on the bus? And like, why did we cuddle like that? And why did we just did things that felt very intimate, I guess is the best way to put it. And I try to make sense of that because I haven't had that with any friends. <laughs> really since then and uh i don't know i mean there's a part of me that wants to kind of talk with him today about it and just go over it because spoiler alert i never told him i was into him i never really addressed it and oh i have not did he know i'll get back to that um so i eventually tell a few more friends i told i told sophie and she was like yeah we've been known and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) and um whatever (sighs) 
Christmas time comes around, winter break comes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to initiate like no contact with him. Like, I'm not going to text him first. I'm not going to Snapchat him. I'm not going to like anything on Instagram. Like, I'm just going to fully cold turkey it for winter break. And it was the longest seven days of my life. Um, Your winter break's only seven days. No, because then he broke it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Um, So then he texted me. Oh, wow. This is coming back. Then he texted me on New Year's Eve. No, on December 30th, he was like, hey, you should come over. And I was like, okay, cool. So then. So you immediately hopped in your car. Immediately canceled whatever plans I had. This is not just for this specific instance, but anytime I was on call for this man. It was. You must have been so much fun to be around. I would like to formally apologize to mainly Sophie Kreitzberg because I feel like I was an absolute trash friend senior year of high school because I was fully like, oh, got to go to Kyle. Like. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of going through my own shit right now. Would love a friend. And I'm just like, oh, well, Kyle. Um, Just to circle back to um, how Taylor Swift has a song for any emotion or moment I've ever had in my life. On her latest album and one of her songs, she has a line. And it's it's a, the song is about like 17 year olds who are like in love with each other. And it's really dramatic. One of the songs, a lyric is. Um, I know where you're going with this. Do you know the song? Is it August? Yeah, it's canceled plans just in case you call. And I'm just like, yep, that's what it was. <laughs> Taylor strikes once more, but like that's literally Meet Me Behind the Mall. Meet Me Behind the Mall, baby. Like that's fully what it was. And it was, yeah, like I said, I was on call for this guy. It was, I don't want to say pathetic because I'm trying to be nice to myself, but it was kind of pathetic. Like I think your words are it was pathetic, 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 pathetic. Pathetic, pathetic four times. <laughs> My new Instagram bio. Pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Prathetic. So he. Prathetic. So I go over to his house mm-hmm. December 30th and we hang out. We have a great time. I sleep over. His parents are gone. So we spend the whole day together at his house and we like make breakfast together. And like it's fucking. It's homoerotic. shit ever. And I. Okay. Okay. And then this man tells me around, I want to say new. This man is like, yeah, well, mm, girlfriend's name is Haley. We're going to call her Haley. Great. Haley. Kyle and Haley. Kyle and Haley. Match made in and hell. I, for no fault of this girl, who actually, in hindsight, nice girl. I'm sure we would have been friends in a different universe. I hated her so much. I was like, fuck you. You don't know what you have. You don't, like, you're ungrateful you're like as if this man's dick is holy like i was like you talked about astrophysicism with me physicism (laughs) (laughs) astrophysicism (laughs) astrophysicism with chrysanthemum um it says let's reel it back in we are at the two and a half hour mark don't don't worry about it i'll i always figure it out (laughs) and Anyways, I did not like this girl for really no valid reason. And if you're listening, sorry, I was kind of a dick to you. He tells me that she is she wants to come over and just sprint and just spend New Year's with him. Like she, she's like, I don't want to go to a party. Like <laughs> she's not like other girls. Yeah, she's like, I want to go to a party. Yeah, because that's how she talked. No, she was like, yeah, I don't want to go to a party. Like I would like to just spend New Year's with you. And I was like. <laughs> As an adult looking on it, I'm like, oh, that's cute. But at the time, I was like, 
like the fucking psychopath I am. And oh, yeah. so he tells me that he's like, yeah, Haley wants to come over for New Year's. And I don't ask me to explain my thinking, my rationale, my logic. Couldn't tell right. you. Immediately, I'm like, oh, well, then we have to clean. So then he and I spend the next three hours cleaning his entire house and putting up like fucking twinkle lights and making his bedroom the most like romantic thing ever. It was disgusting. And are you kidding me? It it was I was like now looking back on it. I'm like, what was I doing? I can't tell you my thought process. Okay. So then that same day, he and I go get food or something. We take a break cleaning. We go get food. We're driving back to his house. And I decide now is a good time to voice my feelings and be honest and share them with him. Oh, baby. Okay. So I, that was kind of the question on my mind the, the entire time was, do I tell him or do I not tell him? Like weighing the pros and cons. Like, well, if I tell him this could happen. And well, if I don't tell him, I might kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of it. So I was like, okay, here we go. Going to tell him. (laughs) So we're driving and uh, he says, what did you want to talk about? And I say, and I I say, I don't know. (laughs) I say, I don't know. Um, I guess, um, I don't know. Have you felt things are like kind of weird between us? Oh no. Which, why would you ever say that to a friend? (laughs) I feel like things are weird between us. Um, (laughs) and he's like, um, he's like, no, not really. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, what do you think has been weird? And I'm like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I guess I just feel a lot of things at once and it's kind of a tornado of feelings. And I don't know. I guess sometimes I just get confused about how I feel about you. King of eloquence. (laughs) I need to take a lap. That was too much to handle. And he says, no, 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 no. What does he say? His voice tone, this is, okay, this is how I perceived it in the moment. In hindsight, it's very possible he didn't say it like this, but this is how it felt he said it. He said, confused how? And it felt, once again, not saying this is how it was, this is how it felt. It felt very judgy and very, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, keep that gay shit away from me. <laughs> Long story short, it felt like absolutely not stay away from me. Like, I immediately just got like, I just felt like a wall and like a red flag. And so I was like, Do you feel like you were perhaps looking for that to be the response in like a self-harmy way? I feel Hmm. like I've done that before where I've asked someone a question knowing how I want to be hurt. I never thought about I've never thought about it that way, so I can't really give you a yes or no. I'll have to think about it more. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, it's definitely possible. But he says, confused how? And I, and then I'm immediately like, okay, we're gonna end this now. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm not sure. I'll have to get back to you on that. I'll have to circle <laughs> back. <laughs> what? So then You're like, I'm Nick. I take a while to process so things. <laughs> I don't know. Come back at a later date. Come back. I'm like, re, I'm like, can we address this in six years, 2020, maybe? <laughs> Um, You're like, I'm Nick Carl of Nicholas G. Carl Photography. <laughs> I'm Nick Carl, one half of Brain Cell Girls. So I then, so then we drive back to his house like Loki in silence. <laughs> 
And I say to him, just to, because it felt weirdly open-ended. And I was like, well, I probably should close this. So then I say, hey, sorry if that was weird. I really value your friendship and that's all I want. What? And then he- I'm following. And then he kind of laughs and is like, yeah, that's what I want too. Okay. And then I laugh and then we hug and then we continue cleaning. And then we finish cleaning. We finish getting everything set up. And then he's like, oh, Haley's going to be here in 30 minutes. And then you're like, got a, got a blast. And then I felt like my entire world came crashing down because I was like, God, this is so stupid. It's like, duh. Like, <laughs> looking back on it, I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, <laughs> But he's like, Haley's going to be here in a half hour. And I'm just like, oh, so cleaning the house and making your bedroom super romantic and spending 48 hours with you isn't going to result in you being my boyfriend. What the fuck was I wanting out of this? And so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go home. Um, So then I went home and spent New Year's Eve on the couch in my living room, like trying not to cry in front of my mom. Um, I love that. Yeah. And that was winter break. That was near the world worst of it i would say okay and then you came and saw rabbit hole and then that's in january right january what i don't, you don't remember know. okay i <laughs> It was like late January. Not me being like dinner with friends opened. Okay. So whatever. Rehearsal continues. And then I am playing a role in this play where I need to have a mental schizophrenic breakdown on stage. (laughs) And I'm like, this is close to home. I literally oh, yeah. wrote in one of these fucking journals. I was like, I know I can. I was like, I knew at auditions that I could play Harry. I knew I could go crazy because I already am. Clary's right. like, I will be reserving judgment and just holding it internally. Oh, no, I'm not reserving it. It's I'm ready to spew it at any moment. Oh, Lord, I'm about to bust. Anyways, so I was having trouble kind of, okay, the scene is this man is literally talking to himself. Like he has literally two people inside of him having an argument and he's <laughs> airing it vocally. And it's, love that. it's bonkers. It's bananas. It's mega coconuts. So I'd been having trouble kind of really getting into it. I did a good job at auditions. I'd gotten the role. And then once I started like doing it, like during rehearsals, I got weirdly st- stage fright and it felt like too vulnerable almost and i was like Ooh, i don't want to do this in front of people um so one day i didn't have rehearsal and i simply stood in my kitchen and did the monologue over and over and over again until i got it down and i just like kept trying to get it to a hundred like emotion wise and then finally i got it but then i was like (laughs) i was just fucking exhausted and just so like because i was not doing it the meisner way i was doing it fully drawing on my own experiences (laughs) and being like kyle doesn't love me and I'm going to go crazy. So that happens. Sophie texts me and is like, hey, do you still want to go see Rabbit Hole tonight? And I'm like, yes, I would. That will be a fun distraction. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So then we hop in my Chevy Volt and drive to Thurston High School and we sit there during Rabbit Hole. King of details. We sit there during Rabbit Hole. 90% of the time, I am simply thinking about my monologue and Kyle. That is pretty much where all of my thoughts were at. So I, as a young lass, was a serial monogamous. Monogamist? Monogonogony? It's an M. There's an M. Monogamist, I think. Monogamist. I loved being in committed relationships and thinking I was going to marry whomst I was with. Couldn't be me. 
Shit got a little crazy when me and the cop, when he it was time for college applications, and he was like, we're going to go to Portland State together. We are going to get an apartment together. We're going to live together. We're going to be together forever, and then we're going to have three kids. And I was like, okay, um, I'm starting to get really freaked out. And had a panic attack about it. We broke up. A bunch of other weird shit went down. Then we ended up being friends. One of the reasons I broke up with him, too, is because I had eyes for my dear friend, Matt. I'm using your name. Sorry. I loved attention. And this man at the time, not anymore, <laughs> thought that I was the greatest thing. Because I, I was. I was like in my prime of high school. As we were talking about our peaks, I was in the prime of my high school peak. So I, I was having a good run of things in my like high school theater career after some recent pretty like low times. I was doing good for myself. Also worth noting that previously all throughout eighth grade up until that point, I had had weird almost relationships with my friend Connor. We had had weird moments where like we'd done a scene for regionals together that was like romantic and like we'd almost kissed and like a whole bunch of like things like that had happened. We like snuggled one time on a coast trip and I was like, I love him, we're gonna get married. And I like knew in the back of my brain all along that I was at the heart of it in love with Connor. Mm -hmm. So we're doing this show. Still am. Things with Connor had been really weird and I can't quite remember why, but we had been fighting and he was like mad and super jealous that I was dating Matt. And I was like, I'm just trying to live my fucking life. Great. (laughs) In rabbit hole. Again, I was playing a mother whose child had died because he got hit by a car. Connor was playing the teenager who was driving the car that hit my child the play is so far from funny that we're just laughing (laughs) and we had some intense very emotionally charged scenes together to say the least blah 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 okay your teacher's making tiktoks while you rehearse that was student directed she was not a part of that that was student directed yeah that's impressive okay that kind of changes my opinion on some things Oh, that's really impressive. Okay. I would not have been cast if that wasn't student directed. Are you fucking kidding me? I was Mm. cast by someone who saw legitimate potential in me. Love that. One of the four of us who are still doing performing arts to some capacity from my graduating class. Incredible. Anyway, at some point, fuck, I want to say it was, it was early January. This all happened in the span of like three weeks. Okay. 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 I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Connor texts me randomly a paragraph about how he is in love with me and has been in love with me forever. And that like, I am the end all be all. He is in love with me. Whatever. I get the text. I remember looking at it and I said something about like, I must have said like, fucking Christ and like threw it on my bed. And I was like, we're going to ignore that. I immediately tell my at the time boyfriend, Matt, which that was my first mistake. I should have kept that one to myself. <laughs> and I was like, you'll never guess what happened. Are you still with cop at all? No, I'm with You're I'm with fully Matt. broken up with cop. Yes, okay. I'm just BFF with cop. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like to have sex with people and then break their hearts and then keep them at an arm's reach. Uh, yeah, that's us. That's so, that's the Joshua okay. Tree story. So Connor texts me this and I respond some dramatic ass bullshit about like, we should talk tomorrow. Like I had a whole metaphor about like yep. how our love was a tree. Stop it. And, like, stop it. I'm not stop joking. It. Our love is a tree and, about how, like, and jealousy tastes like sand. <laughs> 
about how like I had a new tree and like I'll always love our tree, but like this new tree is important. She's an author. So, <laughs> She's a Connor poet. and I have our little <laughs> our little meeting at lunch. We go to Burger King. We drive through. <laughs> we sit in the parking lot and we completely ignore the subject. We eat our food. We're chilling. And then I think at the very end, he said something about like, are we going to talk about it at all? And I said like, well, why don't we just keep ignoring it like we have for four years? She's so dramatic. I love her. And truly. I was like, I am Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and then I was in that moment that I was like, oh no, this is bad. So then later, I think I kind of told Matt like, yeah, we talked or like, no, we didn't. I don't know. <laughs> One of the two. Reason, that I is said, in retrospect. I either said yes, we did or no, we did not. Girl, in retrospect, it's so weird thinking about, I was like, bye boyfriend. I'm going to go have lunch with the other guy in love with me. I have ginormous testicles. Claret the penetrator, massive cock. <laughs> anyway, I was really into math for I the record. massive testicles. There was a night when I went over to my friend Kayleen's house and it was her, her best friend, Chrysanthemum and her boyfriend, who was Ryan, <laughs> and me and Matt. And we were playing couples taboo. I love how Ryan I, I love how Ryan I, Ryan has tangentially been in your life for so long. Truly. You know. So then we're playing taboo. And I had this moment. I really wanted my life to be a shitty CW show. Yes. I had this moment because Matt and I were doing horribly. Yeah. We were doing so bad. And the other ones were doing really good. And I remember thinking, like, like, why are we sucking at this? Like, what are we missing? And then I was like, they're all best friends. Like, Chrysanthemum and Ryan are best friends. And Kayleen and whoever else the fuck are best friends. I think it must have been Laura. I don't know. But I was like, I'm really into Matt, but he's not my best friend. And I was like, Connor's my best friend. And I was like, this would be better if Con if I was doing this with Connor. Mm. And then I was like, I must tell him I love him. <laughs> You'd have to. You have to. And now I'm forgetting how I proclaimed my love for him. Mm. But at some point, <laughs> I was like, I too am in love with you. I'm ready to climb this tree with you. And then at the same time, mid-school year, mid-show, the assistant stage manager was like, bye, I'm moving to Salem. And so Gross. the director was like, shit, we need a new assistant stage manager. Matt, who can see that things are not going well between him and me, because I've gotten weirdly distant all of a sudden, <laughs> is like, I'll do it. And then oh, I was like, rut row. My man. Gotta wait till the show's <laughs> over to break up with Clary's him. like, uh-oh, I'm in the middle of this mess. I truly, I was like having an emotional affair. Incredible. <laughs> I, God, what a piece of shit. I was like, Connor, we cannot kiss until I've broken up with Matt. Because that's where I draw my line. Yeah, that's, that's really moral and ethical of you. <laughs> this, ha this has to get cut. But I did at one point. You, you've told me that. So Sometimes like, you gotta do what you gotta better. do. <laughs> the show. Must go on. The show is closing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Things have been weird as fuck between me and Matt because I'm just like not responding and fucking off to go hang out with Connor constantly. Like a lit, like a piece of shit, like genuinely so bad. So the show has closed and I'm like, great, going to break up with Matt tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> I dip out. We're all going to Denny's. I just dip out and I'm like, I'm driving Connor. Hee -hee. 
And like everyone else knew that we were like in love and we're going to get together very soon. And I thought for some reason that Matt hadn't figured it out. I don't know if I thought he was just like low IQ, but I really thought he was stupid. And I was like, <laughs> he doesn't know. I'm too, I'm outsmarting everyone. <laughs> My hymen is strong. So I arrive at Dennis. I park the Jimmy and Matt is standing there next to his car and I know what's happening. Oh no. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. This is about to happen. I feel like I'm there. I get out of the car. I feel the air on my skin. <laughs> and now I am going to preface all of this with Matt and I are friends. And you're like, Matt is like said, a brother to me. <laughs> I got a brother who I've blown. He. Episode title. <laughs> I got his permission to tell this yeah. and he would just like everyone to know that he hates the way that this all went down. So a don't great, come for him. A great preface. And I was like, great, we can both agree on that. <laughs> so I got out of the car and I, a lot of this is a blur, but I do remember him saying like, we need to talk. Uh-oh. And I was like, Connor, go inside. So Connor scampers inside. <laughs> Connor gallops to Denny's. <laughs> Scamper is the best word. It was yeah. a gay little scamper. And I was like, huh. I don't know. So then Matt proceeds to tell me, but also for reference, this man is huge. Like, it made me feel so tiny. Simultaneous to this, I'm crying to Sophie about Kyle in my car outside my house. <laughs> Just so we... We're all crying. In case you want to be on the Nick train for this. <laughs> Yeah, we're all this crying. This man towers above me. Mm. And pretty much immediately, he starts sobbing. Aww. And I was like, oh, no, I've really hurt him. And mm. yes, I had mm. really hurt him. He is super fucking angry. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I mean, it's going between like sobbing and rage. And I, too, am crying and apologizing. And I don't remember what the fuck I even said. <laughs> all three of us no, are crying. Like, <laughs> cool. We're all fucking crying. At one point... This man kicks his car so hard that he dents the car. And I watched it happen. And my life flashed before my eyes. I thought to myself, I'm going to die in a Denny's parking lot. I'm not making it out alive. My classmates are inside eating fucking onion rings. And I'm out here about to get brutally murdered. And I'm out here defending my life. It's like you're on Survivor. And then at some point he let me go. And I went into Denny's mascara. My face was like ash black from the mascara that I had sobbed. It looked like I'd crawled through a chimney. (laughs) And I sat down next to Connor and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, Connor's like, do you need me to go beat him up? (laughs) That's pretty much all I have about that one. But. So I'm, so I'm crying to Sophie about Kyle and whatever. I eventually go to my dad and get his advice on what to do. And I'm like, father, Like, father, I am homosexual. But I was like, um, dad, um, um, I like someone who doesn't like me back. What should I do? He's like, fucking kill him. (laughs) Kick a dent in his car. And then my dad called a hit on this guy. Um, no. So I was like, uh, I have a crush on someone and they don't like me back. What do I do? And he's like, well, do you know that they don't like you back? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Um, and he's like, well, how do you know? And I was like, oh God, Jeff, do not enable this behavior. And he was like, well, how do you, yeah. my dad's like, you should keep being he crazy. Like, Go shoot your <laughs> shot, sport. Shoot your shot, sport. No. So I'm like. Well, it's because we have different sexualities. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, write that in the bar. I'm like, side note, I am gay. And he's like, side note, we've been known. And he's like, you've come out to me seven separate times. Please stop doing it. 
I got it the first time. He's like, Nick, I can only say I love and accept you in so many different ways. I'm going to start not accepting you. <laughs> if you <keep> up. <laughs> it's like every time you separately come out to me, I get more and more homophobic. And I'm like, that's valid. So... <laughs> No, so he's like, and I'm like, yeah, uh, we have different sexualities. And he's like, mm, okay, well, that's tough. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and then I was like, it's Kyle. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. And I'm like, ah, ha, ha. And my dad's like, that makes sense. He's hot. Um, no. I'd want to pound him too. <laughs> my dad wanted to. Sometimes I think about him in the shower. My dad wanted like, to dad, what? wreck Kyle. <laughs> Kyle and Jeff had an affair. Um, Good. Yeah, that's a joke. And I told him, I'm like, yeah, well, I kind of want to tell Kyle. And my dad's like, well, I'm not sure that's a good idea because you need to think about how he's going to react to that and like how that's going to make him feel. And I'm like, okay, not the response I was anticipating, but I have also thought and considered that. I'm like, hmm, would telling him hurt him in any way? Because it it all needs to be about him and not my feelings. So I had already thought about it. My dad's like, yeah, I mean, you know, he might get really upset and like tell a bunch of people, Leon, you know, that'd be bad. And I'm like, and like, that's that's like worst case scenario this hindsight that would never happen this guy would never do that um but my dad was like well he might you know freak out and tell everyone and i'm like i mean would you do that and he's like mm, that's a good point no i wouldn't never mind okay yeah um and i forget the outcome of that conversation but it kind of felt good to just like get it off my chest i guess i make an appointment with my pediatrician because i'm like i am depressed i have depression and i had the support of my therapist to be like you should see a doctor and get on antidepressants and i was like Thank you, Gail. So I go see my pediatrician. I am 18. <laughs> I'm a legal adult. And I am sitting on a toy chair in the doctor's office while my, side note, incredibly sexy pediatrician... <laughs> Just this is cinematic. An absolute smoke show of a pediatrician. Sits, Doesn't have Tourette's, unfortunately. Unfortunately. He'd be so much hotter if he did. Um, sits across from me, and I'm sitting on like a plastic toy chair as like a 185-pound 18-year-old. And I'm like, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's like, maybe quit sitting on children's furniture. And you'll be less depressed. And so I was kind of expecting it to be like a quick in and out thing where I'm like, I think I have depression and my therapist agrees with me and blah, blah, blah. But it was actually like he sat and talked with me for like 45 minutes and it was actually very nice and helpful and like not what I expected. Um, and he then I signed a form so he could talk to my therapist and then he prescribed me Prozac. And I remember the first time I took Prozac, I'd had a really bad day and I was just so sad. And then I like finally got the pill and i was just holding it and i was like i'm going to take this and my life will instantly change and then i took it swallowed it and i'm like "Mm, nothing yet maybe i should go to sleep and wake up and then i woke up and i'm like "Mm, i don't feel any different (laughs) turns out that's not how antidepressants work it does in fact take about three months (laughs) he really looked at a prozac pill and said one pill pill (laughs) will change my life the second it touches my tongue question mark one dose of Prozac. So I... <laughs> Does nothing. Yo, should we take 20 milligrams and take one dose of Prozac? <laughs> one dose of Prozac. Anyways, so I start taking antidepressants, and like I just said, it doesn't happen overnight, but two months later, I'm in a much better place. Um, Like, I'm still sad about the situation, but I'm not in a hole, and I'm like, my 
my life will go on past this. Because that's another thing about it is I genuinely was like, this is my entire life. And I could not imagine like a future past senior year of high school, which thank God. (laughs) Kyle then breaks up with Haley. And I, in my gay, dumb little brain, am like, it's my time to shine. (laughs) Sis. And I'm like, okay, well, he broke up with her and like, I'm obviously the next candidate. Like, he's obviously going to choose me now. He's going to come out as something to everyone in his life and say, I am going to now date publicly <laughs> Nick Curl, the gay of weirdo. Nicholas G. Curl photo.com <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> the- Nicholas G. photo.com at gmail.com. Oh my God. So I'm like, well, he has to choose me. He's going to now publicly date Nick Curl, the gay guy with the weird dick. (laughs) (laughs) Dot com. Dot com. (laughs) (laughs) Dot edu. So. Nick Curl, the gay guy with the weird dick. We've really lost it. Um, so I don't know if any of you listeners are on the edge of your seat wondering if Kyle chose me or not. He didn't. (laughs) Turns out the day after he broke up with Haley, he was hanging out with another girl. And my friend Danny, side note, throughout all of high school, whenever Game of Thrones was on, I would me and a bunch of friends would go over to Danny's house and I'll watch it at his house. Um, like every Sunday. Losers! <laughs> Clary's like, well, I'm hot. So <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, No. So like we all went to Game of Thrones nights and it was super fun. And someone at Game of Thrones night <gasps> was like, hey, Nick. <laughs> you seem like you're in a healthy place to receive this information. <laughs> Are you in a place to receive potentially hurtful information? No. So this guy asks me, oh, Nick, is Kyle dating Noel? And I'm like, what? Ah, ha, ha. No, he's going to date me. <laughs> And he says, oh, well, I saw Kyle and Noel laying in a hammock together at Hendrix Park yesterday. Gay. And I walked out of the house. You were just like, I need to leave. I was like, I need some fresh air. So I walked outside and Danny has been by my side through this entire saga. So I go outside and I'm like (laughs) standing on their like porch balcony, just staring out at the forest. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Danny comes out and is like, Hey, Hey Gorge. Hey, beautiful. (laughs) How we doing? And I was like, I'm good. Um, so yeah. So Kyle promptly started dating someone else and I then was kind of a total asshole to her. And anytime she got brought up, I was a dick and it was ugly and not someone I like to be, but that's what happened. And yeah. And then, uh, then I went to prom with that guy who gave me mono and then I got circumcised. You guys know the rest of the story. Yeah. And that's that. And so I graduated from high school and that entire summer, I didn't talk to Kyle once. I did not text him. I didn't snap at him i didn't do anything on instagram fully ignored him and any more diary entries i can read i do and just wrap this out and the first time i talked to him after high school was the day i was leaving for college i was like hey i'm leaving i don't know if like you want to say goodbye with a kiss like if you want to make out no i was just like hey like i'm leaving for college like i'd like to see you before i leave 
and then unfortunately we <laughs> couldn't make it work. Um, so for- wait, I have a question. Yeah, was your first kiss with a guy prom? Yeah, not technically, but effectively, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, it was when you were mooning. <laughs> I didn't kiss him on the mouth. Um, no, my first kiss with a guy was I don't know. I was dared to kiss a bunch of guys in the drama department senior year. So hmm. yeah, that smells homophobic. I no no, no it it wasn't. Okay, it, it, I understand why it does, but it wasn't. Um, it was if anything, I was like, does anyone dare me to kiss this guy? <laughs> If anything, I was the... I was like, yeah, you've said it eight times. <laughs> sure, Nick, I dare you to kiss Derek. Sure. If anything, I was the predator. Um, <laughs> You're like, we should all moon each other. Someone dare me to moon someone. I swear to God. Someone sit on my feet. Then, so next time I saw him was winter break, freshman year of college. And I had no attraction to him, romantic or otherwise, or any desire. And I was like, oh, well, that's all gone and done. So that's nice. That's so interesting. And we have never talked about it, even though I still have many lingering questions. But yeah, uh, and apparently he didn't know, supposedly, which I kind of find hard to believe. Apparently he didn't know for like several years and kind of just found out like somewhat recent, maybe past year or two, which is surprising. That shocking. Men are kind of stupid. It's surprising because I told several people who are very close to him. That makes sense. And also it's just obvious. And that's that very un interesting that's- end to that story so sorry that the okay. ending wasn't that interesting <laughs> that's life man it's life, something baby. interesting that i found the whole time that i will get into this in a later episode but something with me and connor that uh, uh, the me pining after we broke up is absolutely nuts and so fucking pathetic and there's some interesting elements that i know you don't even know mm-hmm. however when i found out that he was gay it was like immediate the clouds parted and i was like oh yeah and it was like all of those lingering feelings went away when I knew that that was why he didn't want to be with me. Because before I had been like, why am I not good enough? Why am I not good enough? And then as soon as someone was like, it's because you're a woman, I was like, oh. And then I was like, totally over it. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting that Kyle being straight, you were still in love with him. Yeah, I mean, it's not Because like for me, that was what got rid of the feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah, the thing, I mean, it's not like I started with this is a positive different it wasn't like it started with this is a possibility because i think he's gay i never once thought he was gay that's true I, that is I thought maybe I thought maybe I was the exception to his heterosexual lifestyle. Yeah. Which is insane, of course, but that's how I felt. I how wrote I, my Hilo hair down while you were talking about your attempted suicide. Aw. When she pays attention. <laughs> I would say that the height of this episode, as much fun as it was listening and experiencing the pain of what you went through, personally, the height for me was learning all about the rules and regulations of Survivor. <laughs> I really think we should apply my low honestly like reliving the bullshit that i put people through does bum me out i do like it's it's sad and like i feel guilty sometimes that like i'm glad that for most of that i've like made amends and like worked things out with them but i know there's other people that i hurt and that's a bummer and overall my hero Mm-hmm. of this story <laughs> is gotta go it's a tie uh-huh. between jake and michael for being the forgotten <laughs> brothers of the second brotherhood the second coming of christ you really left michael out of that camping trip and then just jake was mentioned twice i left jake out of the camping trip fucking jake yeah that's all what are yours read them up read them to me um my high was <laughs> 
That Douglas fur looks like a good place to land. My high is how funny you thought that was because I said it and I was like, eh, whatever. Cheap joke. And then you were like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. The way you said it was just so fucking funny. <laughs> um, my low was slowly but surely realizing um, how I'm really being the most vulnerable in front of many a folk. Um, but you know, last time when I did it with episode eight, people responded well. So I appreciate that. Um, My mama liked that there's some Nick trauma. She likes to hear about your horrible experiences in life. Yeah. I also think it, it is not to sound too self important, but I do think it's good to kind of talk about like this stuff and like how ridiculous most of it is, because I feel like a lot of people go through it and are like, I am unique. And this has only happened to me because when I was going through it, I was like, no one actually understands this. Like no one gets this. Like I am special. I am unique. Um, and I actually ended up emailing this ties into my hero. Um, I actually emailed these family friends of ours. Um, these like two gay guys, um, who like are together and have like a son. And I emailed them winter break actually. And I just like spilled everything that was going on and all my feelings. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you don't know me that well, but like I, and like feel free to not respond, but I just needed to share it. And they both sent back like the most thoughtful, and like 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 one of them sent back four thousand words and the other sent back eight thousands and they were both like yeah like something the exact same happened to me in high school and like here's what happened and it was like so nice for me to just be like oh thank god someone who is like one of them's a fucking ceo and i was like oh so someone who's very successful and like has their life together and is very happy went through this shit and it's not going to be my whole life so like that was super helpful so i would say bob and greg are the heroes (laughs) Bob and Greg. Bob and Greg. Barb, Greg. Um, I'm with that. Can you believe we recorded for... What was my low uh, when I saw the... The whole thing. When I... My low was um, when Blackbird started playing at Mucho Gusto. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if they just skipped the song. None of this would have happened. No, it's all their I fault. I blame the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles and Mucho Gusto. They're the anti-heroes of this story. Truly. So if you've gotten this far, um, please send us any heartbreaking, we hear about heartbreaking high school stories love. you have. Unrequited. Yes. Unrequited love. High school heartbreak. Anytime you were so dramatic over the someone. <laughs> Or the perpetrator. Um, yeah. Did you ever break okay. up in a parking lot? Right. I want to hear. DM us. And with that. At Brain Cell Girls on Instagram. www.braincellgirls.com slash contact, etc. Everywhere like such as. My phone number. You have it in your phone. <laughs> my social. If you don't, take my your phones out right security. now. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think. That's all we need for today. And Nick and I have recorded for basically five and a half hours for one day. Whether or not you're a Jake, you're a Kyle, you're a Michael. You're a cop. You're a cop. You're a Matt. You're a Denny. You're a Connor. <laughs> Your name is Denny. I want to talk. A Douglas. <laughs> Remember to There's spit. There's a couple. <laughs> Sorry. Remember to swallow. Never, Never spit. spit. Never. Unless it's gross. And then spit that shit right in his face. But also you have no obligation to swallow. Just to be clear. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is executive produced by Clary Smith and Nick Curl. Editing and sound mixing this episode from Nick Curl. Music this episode from Anabolic Beats. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is produced in association with HaHa Productions. If you could please subscribe and rate us five stars, that would really help these two broke bitches out. You can follow Clare on Instagram at the Grease Trap Queen, and you can follow Nick on Instagram at Nick 
follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at BrainCellGirls. And check out our website while you're at it, www.braincellgirls.com. Schnell, <laughs> sah ihm los, <laughs> and so wie jetzt.